The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 67 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colotti, at Gelati LOL. With me tonight, John George, the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? Josh Roberts, at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. And Chris Chung, at Prime LOL. I have not been kicked off the show yet. <laughs> not. Oh, my God. We're going to have to have a talk when we get to pick of the week, Chris. I, w- I would rather cancel the show than kick Chris big, off. Big true. Show. 100% true. 100% true. All right, so we're going to talk playoff pictures tonight because a couple of these leagues are getting on in their seasons, and I think primarily like the big one we want to talk about is the LPL as they head into their final two weeks. Or I guess it's three weeks because they play the extra like half week or whatever it is. So uh, we're going to be getting into that. We're going to talk in pretty big detail about that. Then we're going to go into the slate and – your pick of the week as usual. But before that, we have one little bit of news we want to touch on, and that is Jazuke is out. Evil Geniuses, Golden Glue, and Sven are locked. For, uh, they committed to the rest of the season, I think they said in the, in the piece, right? I'm pretty sure that's yep. what I said. the rest of the season. So um, the, the Swallow Bros or whatever are, are in for the rest of the season. Feels like kind of a raw deal for Jazuke, like 100%, right? Yeah, I mean, I was just saying it before, but like, the team never tried to adapt to a style that Jazuke was comfortable with. And if they didn't want to play a style he was comfortable with, why did they get Jazuke? Like we were just talking about it. Like they could have had golden glue in the off season or DeMonte or anybody else. If they didn't want to play a strategy that would, that would work with him. So I just don't get why they would bring him all the way over here, not adapt to his style at all. And then kick him off for a golden glue who they could have had from the beginning. Is this a critique of Papa Smithy? I think it's fair criticism, right? Hundred thieves, Papa Smithy. Oh, am I ass backwards on this? Oh yeah, evil geniuses. I'm dumb. Never mind. Or that I crossed up the next thing we're gonna get to. Anyway, um, I think does like this has to be like at least pretty good for the team, right? Like at least you have some kind of continuity and stability now. Like I, not that like I don't think Jazuke was the problem. It was the fact that they didn't build around him that was the problem. Like obviously it's like not as good a player, but I feel like this is probably an upgrade, right? Yeah, I don't think Jazuke's play style would ever really work in NA. Uh, unless you're Cloud9 and fully committed to kind of doing it. But even then, like, Niski and Jazuke don't really have similar, you know, champion pools. Um, I think Jazuke's style of mid lane might be getting a little bit, like, I don't know. I, I just feel like, I don't know. I don't know if that can be super successful right now. Um, and you more, I don't know, I think you kind of more need stability. And this is, we've talked about this, we've talked about top lane too, but you kind of just more need stability across the rift than, than super high variance in a lot of cases, I think. Um, so yeah, I think it's an upgrade for the team. Um, especially like, it definitely seems like they got some, some good, uh, personalities out of it with the Sven Scarin plus Golden Blue combination and then the Hooney plus, uh, 
band combination. So yeah, it seems it, it. I mean, obviously they were pretty happy with their opening weekend, so they seemed like in good spirits, which is uh, an underrated thing, by the way. I think, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It, I agree with you. I think stylistically, Jizuke is not really well suited for right now, which is it's a little weird to say because he's he's like a side lane player. And he wants to get out of lane, but he wants to get out of lane like after recruiting a bunch of resources and split push. And that's like a you can do it, but it's just like zero margin for error right now. And you're kind of in a weird spot where you're just like giving up dragons to get resources that you can side lane, and then you have to do this really delicate, weird dance. Like we've seen IG struggle with this at the beginning of the season where they would try to play split push and they were just like, oh, they just get four dragons on, and they never got time to set up, right? I think you could play his style at the moment. I think you just need a team that is willing to play that style. Yeah. Whenever he's going to go out for that fight in the river, his other lanes and his jungler also need to be ready for that fight in the river. And if yeah. they're not on the same page, then it's just not going to work out. So I understand why they replaced him. They might be better without him. But I would have preferred them to just go get some people that could play with him or play the style that he was trying yeah, to or, play. Or just commit to actually doing that, like with the personnel that you had. But may, I mean, we don't know. Behind the scenes, maybe that was an issue. That it looked like an issue, like two thirds, three quarters of the way through last season too, right? Where they just like couldn't settle on what they wanted to be, and then once they did, they were good, which is why it was like so frustrating. So, yeah, kind of a weird, um, weird situation. Uh, Chris, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, it's just moves like this always makes me um, reveal what the organization is thinking about, and I feel like it's a very short sighted. Like we need to win now, where you don't have time for like experimenting or growing and I'm always never in favor of that from the likes of it it sounds like what was that team in the NFL that a couple of years back where they clearly there was a mismatch between the coach and its players and they just wanted to implement a game plan without building around the talent which has always been <laughs> every Bill O'Brien team <laughs> <laughs> every single hey, one hey, this, this is Seahawks conundrum right yeah yeah no 100% where Russell Wilson would probably be top three I mean he is a top three quarterback he's just not given the tools to produce that way he's just anyway um yeah I don't know it's weird like it kind of sucks for him that he like moved over here struggled for a split like got it together and they just like kind of struggled again in the summer it's a little little odd I wonder I hope I hope he ends I mean he's gonna get a job somewhere like for sure um Medios is out this is kind of just like an update like he's officially out out and like I don't think that's anything particularly like that nobody saw like everybody saw that coming right yeah I don't think anybody thought he was just going to sit around in academy and just play some academy for a while he didn't seem happy about it the team didn't seem happy with him <laughs> he's not playing well in academy either yeah, he was uh, excited about that situation so yeah not not super surprising it's kind of funny to contrast it just because it's the same org to Sunday yeah. right Sunday. A, like, in talking about the caliber relative to your, your competition in the region, like, someday was is, like, miles ahead of Medios, and Medios gives up after two weeks of academy, whereas someday sat down there for, what, like, five weeks of a split and just smurfed every single game and was like, I'm going to be back in the LCS, and you're going to feel my vengeance for putting me here. Um, and even though it made the team better, like, the team had better on-the-riff results LCS team, but... Like it's just funny to see that difference in the uh, it's it's kind of a little bit of a contrast, if you will, of of the like whole you know America American NA way or whatever yeah. that, that was getting. Uh, I think that I think that's a reasonable point. That is a that's a very good point to think about. I agree with you there. Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree. Like there's he was a consummate professional about it. 
Did he? He didn't complain once. Like I don't remember the whole time that happened. He didn't say a word. Maybe he did, and I'm just not remembering. Yeah. It. Well, that we know of. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure he was saying stuff behind the scenes, but like he didn't go out and have a tantrum on Twitter. Didn't have an outburst. Just like let his play free speak for itself. And this was a guy that like has been playing. Like when that happened last year, he'd been playing. This is like seven years into his career already. Like he, he doesn't. He's seven years into his career. He's playing in a region that's not his home league. Like he's he's not a resident. I think he's going to be now, right? Like soon next year, maybe. Like he had all the reason to complain in the world. He's like, I'm just going to go home if I'm not going to be here, right? And he didn't say shit. Oh yeah, you're right. That's a good. That's a good interesting thought on like just handling it differently. Um, any other news that I'm missing out on? Any big stuff? I don't think there's anything particularly big. There's a lot of stuff happening in the gaming world in general, but uh, nothing too pertinent to League. So, um, yeah, I think we'll just get into playoff pictures. So, what we wanted to, the idea here is we wanted to take kind of a deeper dive on projecting forward over the next couple of weeks on you know what we think the playoff pictures are going to look like, so that we can, you know, maybe keep an eye on these teams, like a more critical eye on these teams moving forward. And, you know, kind of make our predictions for who we think is going to make playoffs in each of the leagues and kind of look at everything through that lens moving forward. And we wanted to do this, like, as its own segment instead of talking about it, like, during the slate because everything would get too, like, tossed up and and disrupted and there would be no pace to it whatsoever. So we figured we'd give the context first and then dive into the slate in more, like, in any specific, you know, team-on-team details like that. So uh, which league do we want to start with? Anything in particular? So, well, I'll say the LCK first. The LCK, we're not going to go into too much detail on because the LCK has the most time left to play. Uh, to me, the LCK is like a pretty clear cut top four. Like the top four, like Dan, it's Damwon Dragon X Gen G and and T One. Although T One have been a little shaky recently, but uh, those, I think those four are pretty much a lock to make playoffs at this point. They look they look you know an order of magnitude better than the rest of the league. And then there's like three or four teams in that next tier that I think are going to be battling for that fifth playoff spot, and that's going to be an interesting race to keep track of, which is um, Dynamics, KT Rolster, Afrika, and who am I forgetting? Sandbox. Sandbox and Sandbox, yeah. And then I think, you know, Hanwha Life and Solhe One look like they're, you know, dumpster fire tier. Like they're just, they're done. They're no good. So as we'll see with the Lions <laughs> this weekend. Um so that's the LCK. Uh, any disagreement with that? Like, if you had if you had to pick one of those mid four to make the playoffs right now, like who's going to be that fifth playoff seed? It's a little early, but just you know, for shits and giggles. I'm I'm going with I'm like a KT a bit of a KT homer, uh, but I really like aiming, and I feel like this is pretty much an AD carry region for the most part. Um, you know, the top teams obviously have god tier mid laners too, but. I'll side with who I think is maybe the best. Eh, I don't know. Yeah, for me it's KT, but I could definitely see an argument for those. Yeah, yeah. It feels like feels like KT or Afrika to me. Um, I don't. I don't think Dynamics or Sandbox will get it done. Yeah, I kind of think like Dynamics and Sandbox are like a half. Like they're like they're like if if there was like B plus and B minus, or like A plus and A minus, however you want to grade it or whatever. Like I think that. You know, Dynamics and Sandbox are probably the minus, even though they've both shown pretty good things. But sandbox is just so hard to get a read on, right? Because, like, we've seen them looking better. 
but we also like saw them do this against like fairly weak competition. And as I've mentioned a million times already, like a lot of their wins were not really particularly them playing well as much as it was like their opponents playing really, really badly. But like, I still think sandbox are going to be pretty good. And, but yeah, I think, I think KT and Afrika are probably, I think it might just be the talent, honestly. Like, I think they just have better players. And then like that as a tiebreaker, I think kind of as like separates the two. You know, those two, like, as a half tier there. But, uh, yeah. I, I think I'd probably go with KT just because I'm shell shocked from Afrika going. <laughs> like, second half Afrika is, like, so bad most of the time. But I don't know. KT, yeah. Afrika are pretty well positioned. So maybe they'll actually have a good second half for once. Who knows? What do you think, Chris? If you yeah, had to pick one. Inclined. Yeah, I was inclined to say KT too. But I think it's much closer between them and Afrika. Yeah. By the way, how Africa is like trying to not do dumb stuff anymore, they're still doing some of them. They have their two losing games, but um, at the least, on talent, if they stay consistent with Mystic Fly, that they they just are playing way under their talent level. Yeah, I actually think they have room for growth. Believe it or not, because like if you look at their numbers, like their numbers aren't that impressive considering they had a bunch of wins. They've been like weirdly origin esque in the sense that like not their play style, but like they've just been losing automatically to anyone above them on the table and winning yeah. pretty automatically against anyone below yeah. them. They've yeah. been very weird. Like every time I see them against the worst teams, and I'm like, oh, this team has ceiling, dude. Like this team could get it done. And then when they play like you know a Gen G, I'm like, I don't know, man. Maybe I maybe I take a shot on a freaky here. Like they look pretty good, and they just get stomped. Like yeah. every time they play anybody that's better yeah. than them. That's what that's what gets me is like when they lose so hard. Like they they just get mollywopped, yeah. and then they look like just absolute garbage here when they lose. And then so some of their wins, they take like forty minutes to close a game out against like Hanwha Life. So like I don't know what to like. I don't know if that's it might have been somebody else, but like they had a couple games where it was like they looked kind of Billy Billy esque, and that they just took ten years to close a game where they had a huge lead, and it could have been over like ten minutes sooner, right? So yeah, they're they're kind of a weird one. I. I I could see them actually improving, but uh, it's kind of like the juxtaposition of like the second half of Freaka thing going on too. So yeah, still got a lot of season left to play in Korea. So just wanted to touch on that briefly. Uh, do we want to stay in the East or hit the Western leagues first? Cause I, I kind of think the LPL picture is, is pretty wild. Uh, well, it's interesting to think about. I, I would say go for the Chinese because LCS is pretty much very I mean, there's too many ties in LCS and LEC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we got to remember too that uh, the LCS is doing the eight teams. Well, let's just do the LCS then, because that's also kind of a little vague at this point because of the playoff format. So um, I know, so eight teams are going to be playing. That's new. They're doing an eight team playoff, but it's like a kind of like a altered, like a modified losers bracket, like a pre losers bracket structure uh you can check out leaguepedia and there's like the whole bracket and the layout and the system and everything and the you know the seating on who plays who so i guess north america is more about you can still look at it as a top six because it's going to be really hard to come out of the losers bracket and do much i think but uh so like who do we think are like who do we think are definitely out are we even not sure about that at this point yeah i mean given that they have eight teams going in it's tough to really count anybody 100% out with, with this many games left. Um, 
How about just I, like I eye do. test? Just like the eye test. Like, who do you think? Who are the two worst teams in the league? And is it? I think like, Immortals misses for sure. And then the question mark for me is CLG versus Dignitas. Um, CLG has one of the hardest schedules left, and they're and they've looked significantly worse in the last like three weeks than they looked at the beginning. So I think t- Dignitas could maybe pass CLG if they if they keep playing the way they've been playing recently. But uh, Immortals, I think, is out for sure. Yeah, Immortals feels like the only like lock for me, and you know, they're they're not the worst. Like they're gonna probably steal a game here or there against somebody, like one of these other bottom teams. But I, I just think they're so inconsistent that it's it's tough to trust them with like anything, like any kind of you know string of games together or anything like that. But what do you what do you think, Chris? Yeah, that's the weird thing about Immortals. What I'm recognizing is not not that they are the inconsistent that they have this good upside, but it's inconsistent for the fact that they're beating random teams. Yeah, their talent level is still academy. It's it's an academy team minus X Smithy maybe, but they're the reverse TSM for me. Each time they look like trash, they like get trash in their day one, and then they just come back and win their game two, day two game. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird with them, right? Like, cause I like we have seen these spike performances from them where it's like, what was that? You know, <laughs> like what do we just see? Like, why why can't that show up like ten percent more of the time? Because then it would be like more interesting. But instead, it feels like you gotta like roll. You're like playing craps or something, right? <laughs> it's like I don't know, like when I'm gonna roll snake eyes with this team because it's more frequently than I'd like. So, so Chris, who do you think? Like, if you had to pick another one, who's out? Dignitas. You think Dignitas? Yeah, I don't know where this team is headed. They don't have a, like a really good identity for me. Um, it just feels like they're just going day by day trying to figure out what they want to do. Yeah. I don't like it. They're, Dignitas are kind of the same situation, though, right? Like, where they've had some games where they look all right, and it's like, what? Like, I don't know. It's just inconsistent. What do you think, Josh? It's IMT and Dig, and. We're going to start the triggers early. It's especially big if they keep playing Viper. Like, they'll get 10. So, is it, are, we, are we dropping a not close here? Are we forgiving this? Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, Immortals and Dig not close. <laughs> no, I think it's, I mean, I think, um, like, 100 Thieves doesn't have much margin for error. And I, I don't, I didn't, I know John looked at a lot of the schedules and stuff. Um, so he'd have to opine on whose schedule is tougher between, like, those three teams, really. But I think it's two of those three teams pretty clearly to me. I, I think. Has the easiest schedule by far. Okay, yeah. I mean, so let's toss to you, John, because you, you did a strength schedule layout for all this and everything. I don't know if you want to dive into that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the bottom four teams as the teams that have a chance to miss, so Hundred Thieves, Immortals, Dignitas, and CLG. Uh, and Hundred Thieves has easily the the easiest schedule, like uh, a lot easier uh, than the other teams. Um, I think they've already played Cloud Nine and Team Liquid twice, maybe. Like already played the best teams in the league multiple times. Keep going, I'll look that up. Like given how big their gap is from the other teams in the strength of schedule score, they had to have already played all the best teams. They might have even played TSM, Cloud Nine. They, play, and they have. Twice. They played Liquid, TSM, and Cloud Nine. All three of them. Yeah. So they played all three of the hardest teams twice already. So they have the easiest teams left in the league. And then Immortals has the next easiest schedule, but it's very close to Dignitas. And CLG has by far the hardest schedule of the teams that are remaining. In that battle, so so I don't know. What do you what do you think? Like, but do you think it also sealed? Uh, do you think it's you already said right? What did you say? I'm gonna Immortals go out on a CLG? limb. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I think it's gonna be Immortals and CLG. I think Dignitas is gonna get there. I kind of I think I'm kind of with you. Dignitas, like I don't know. 
I feel like Dignitas are going to have Splite games, kind of like we've seen from Immortals Academy. Like, I'm, I keep calling them Immortals Academy because they are, right? They've kind of had these, like, Splite games. Like, I think I think they are more likely to have more of those Splite games than I could ever see CLG having. Even though I think, like, of all of the players in that pool of players, I think Pogelter is probably the best player. I just, like, I don't know. CLG seem kind of lost already. Like, it's, like, way too, like, it's the middle of the season. It shouldn't be like that, right? Uh, they they had kind of a rough weekend too, but if their schedule's only going to get harder, I, I I'm kind of with you on them. I think they have. I'm trying to think. They have a two the game only, lead. Yeah, I was say the only thing that makes it tough is they do have a two game lead. So like literally, CLG wins one game, and then you're talking about Dignity Calls having to steal three games as an underdog. Yeah, that's they're they're going to be underdogs in every game they play for the rest of the split, unless until they play each other, and then even still, one of them's going to be the underdog. So that, that's the only thing that makes me hesitant to say the CLG. But I do agree there. Looking questionable, and my boy Pope stuck in ELO. Oh, right. Big true, big true. All right, so that's kind of like bottom two. Uh, again, like this is an eighteen playoff, so it's kind of weird to know like motivations for some of these teams. Like, I'm I'm assuming everyone's gonna be gunning for these better seeds because I'm trying to see if it's like actually what's it called. Like, all right, so who's like the next tier up? If that's the case. Like, is it like it's like Hundred Thieves, Golden Guardians? I think EG FlyQuest, Golden Guardians, kind of. Yeah, Guardians, not Fly, but uh, CLG and. Yeah. You got no faith in FlyQuest after like two rough weeks. It's just done. Everyone's out. Everyone's out on FlyQuest. I, hate, I, I like, I hate what they're doing. Like, we, what have we, we've talked about them forever for just being a team that drafts well. And now they've just started drafting stupid. And, like, people are going to be like, oh, well, they just beat TSM. Like, I am, like, maybe I'm just being harsh, but, like, I'm completely discounting that win because the game was over as soon as they do a level one invade by, like, as soon as uh, Speaker level one invades by himself and gets killed, then he's definitely getting his blue buff stolen. I don't know why he started at his red because he should have just came back and started the blue. But, so that was just bad decision on his part, but the game was just over. Like, there, that's the problem with these best of ones is, like, that happens, and, like, I just – I personally just completely disregard those games because there's, like – realistically, there's almost no chance TSM can win that game after that happens. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's that's their only win in, like, their past five or something like that. Yeah. I agree with you. I've been pretty out on FlyQuest recently, and I, I didn't give much credence to that game either. Yeah, I, I, I didn't want to give too much credit to that game. Like, I'm with you guys on that one. I just kind of think that we saw an entire calendar year of – pretty steady performance and i'm not quite as willing to quit on it right away as you guys are but i i mean they're on watch 100 because like if you start failing at the thing that you do well and you that's like your calling card and like that's like the only thing you do well then you know you're kind of out of like i, I this is my concern for uh, we're going to talk about the lpl in a little bit but like this is my concern for teams like team we um to a lesser extent like even victory five where I kind of feel like they could potentially get patched out a little bit or like just figured out to a point where like, if you're always going to do the same thing, there's like, and there's like two or three different ways to deal with it. Eventually people are going to pick up on that and start doing it. Ultimately they have to execute still, which is what we saw Billy Billy fail to do this morning. But I think like teams like that eventually get figured out. And you know, while we like them cause they're typically pretty steady and we know what to expect from them, over the course of the calendar year, it, it gets worse and worse. So maybe I should be out on them more, like along with you guys. I think one thing I'll just toss on because you just or just because you mentioned it, I heard um, some people. I, I think it was on Dom's show 
they're talking about how like FlyQuest has sort of gotten figured out from the standpoint of Ignar being this phenomenal playmaker, um, which he was all of last split and the first half of this split. Like people just started to figure out that like if they see four mid, they know Ignar's flanking him, so they're just gonna take the five on four and they don't care if they get flanked. Yeah. So like that's the type of thing that literally can just happen when when you have a player who and uh, who, who's kind of just like trying to do his own thing and make a big play, you can really just get punished. And like these teams are finally catching up with that, and I think that's going to hurt them really bad in the long run. Yeah, yeah. And like again, like the 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 clean, like the good shot calling and decision making late game that was their calling card. They've had like three or four games now where it's just been like you know sauce at best, you know. <laughs> so uh, maybe I should be a little more out on them than I am. I'm kind of. A little stubborn, I guess. I don't think I don't think they're particularly great or anything, but um, so Golden Guardians is the other one in this conversation, right? So inconsistent. Yeah, they seem they're inconsistent, but they seem like they're making the playoffs for sure. I would think so. I don't think they have any real chance of winning the league, but they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. I think so. they kind of feel that- like the playoff quality version of Immortals and Dignitas, where like yeah. they have their spike. They're going to have more of those spike performances, I think. But they are still an inconsistent team. I just think they're going to have like you know, you know, forty or fifty percent of those instead of you know ten or twenty percent of those. If that makes sense, like I don't maybe that's a bad example, but um, and then I, is the top four like pretty locked for you guys? I guess where are we at four or five? Are we top three or four now? The top three is a lock, right? Like TSM, Liquid, and Cloud Nine. There's no way it's not those three, right? Yeah, TSM could fall the fourth. That's like the only thing. I think TSM could fall down and EG could maybe take their spot if EG plays well. Maybe if Golden Guardians has some real spike performances, they could get up to third. Like TSM's had some had some really abysmal games this season. Yep. Even though they've had some good ones, they've had some really abysmal ones too. I feel like Team Liquid and Cloud9 are a lock for one two. And it's gonna be a sweet sweat for me too, because I got a nice sweat against uh against uh, crap, Doyle. Doyle in the chat, who uh, I took everybody against Cloud9 to win the regular season and he took cloud nine and that's team liquids my sweat team now yeah i mean i saw somebody that was laying out um just like before this weekend i forget who it was might have been it might have been james but he was laying out like you know what's the likelihood based on strength of schedule and all that that like cloud nine don't finish first and it's like i think it's only like three percent or something like that but it's like more than you would think like liquid could definitely get first place there's no way it's three percent. They're tied with Team Liquid. Yeah, right no, now. no. It's it, so, like I said. Like it's it's definitely. Don't quote me on no, the number. Don't quote me on the number. Okay. He, he put it out. when I saw it was before this most recent weekend. So Cloud Nine was still a game up, and then TL had the two a weekend. Cloud Nine went one and one. So now they're tied. So it was a, it, a little bit different. That's, yeah, they that's probably to, why uh, it was a low number. Then. Yeah, I mean they're gonna play each other, and there's a there's a pretty reasonable chance that when they play each other, the winner of that just wins the wins the league most yeah. likely. Yeah, um, Liquid have been kind of Liquid have been like the best version of FlyQuest, right? <laughs> like, it, they are miserable to watch sometimes. Like, they're miserable to watch. They're miserable for fantasy purposes, but they're smart. And like, I, even I when they get themselves in bad situations, like they find ways out of it. It seems like they just always have a way out of it. I don't know how they're ten and two, to be honest with you. Like after yeah. watching the whole piece, I'm just like. I have so many bad sense memories of that team, like bad Broxa plays or bad bot lane plays. And I just don't even know how, when I look back at the record, I'm like, Oh, they just have not lost in like four weeks. They've had like two wins that like, they definitely shouldn't have won. Like, yeah, I, it's, I'm probably thinking it's more than that, but I think it's, it's like two, if I remember right. Like the, cause they had like two backdoor wins. 
Where like they they definitely were like they were splitting a game out. They're both. I'm pretty sure they're both TF games too. I'd have to like go back and look, but I, I totally feel you on that. Like they're not inflappable. Like they're they're not. I also think that like they're just gonna get better though. So, Teal is like the poster child NA team to me. Like they're gonna be fine. They're gonna get second in NA or first, and then they're just gonna get absolutely stomped at Worlds because they just have enough proactive playmaking. And if you're not practicing that during the split, you're not going to do it at Worlds. No matter how hard you try to learn it in that you know month off and try to implement it, you're not going to do it. So we, at a high enough level. Are so. we gonna have Are we gonna have a situation like we did last year where like there was a team that was definitely not like the third best team? Like it was was a clutch last year. Now clutch ended up being pretty good at the end of the season, but like, but was, we all wanted clutch to go to Worlds, even though we didn't necessarily think they were the third best team. We just thought they had the best chance to do something internationally, and that kind of ended up being true, right? Like they made some noise in group stage, but they wouldn't like a game or two, right? <laughs> it's like not to watch. Throwing wrench in the round, yeah. So like, would we rather a different team than Liquid make Worlds? Oh, that's a tough question, right? Like, ugly as their play style, I would rather Liquid. I don't want TSM to go to Worlds, dude. TSM's gonna just embarrass themselves at Worlds. I kind of yeah, like. I kind of think we do want Liquid because, like, maybe teams are just stupid and they punish that. I don't really know. Like, <laughs> there's a chance to make the playoffs at Worlds. Like, they can't. They can't go any further than that. But I think they have a chance to make the playoffs at least. TSM, dude. If if we're voting for TSM to go to Worlds, it's because of how funny it's gonna be when Spika comes up against Kanavi and Tian and Corsa. <laughs> These dudes, like, it's just going to be... Clid and Cuck. Clid is playing... By the way, we're going to get to him in a little bit. Clid is playing out of his mind right now. Yes. People are, like, other TSM people are going to be typing Jungle Diff in the chat at World. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. All right. Um, I don't know. And then, any any other comments on NA? So, like, so we're, we settled on Golden Guardians and... Evil, so what's our top six? Like our top six, and then we have like the on the bubbles, right? So TSM, Cloud9, Liquid, not in that EG, order. EG, Golden Guardians. Okay, that's your top six. That's got to be the. Top Anybody six. disagree? Unsurprisingly, I have CLG over Golden Guardians for John's list. You know, you'll never, never guessed it. <laughs> you're, such, you're such a truther. I'm a fan though. Chris, any objections to that one? None. I agree. Got it. Cool. LEC. And then we'll dive into the the gauntlet that is the LPL. Um, so, LEC is six teams, and honestly, this is it's like the wildest it's ever been because I really do think that there's like probably eight playoff caliber. I'd say playoff caliber, like like the seventh and eighth teams would probably, be, or even like ninth too, if you want to go down that far. You could make an argument for like are like a bottom seed playoff quality team. Europe is super deep. There's, like, one bad team in the whole league. Yeah, you have seven teams here that are going to be fighting for four spots. That's, like, pretty much how it looks. Yeah. Like, Mad Lions and Rogue are in, and then there's seven teams that are fighting for the last four spots. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. So, like, I guess best way to talk about it, I get, we'll go, do you want to go top down? Sure. So, who do, so, Mad Lions and Rogue are in for playoffs. Uh have they said how they're going to do the last two seeds at Worlds? They're just going to do a play-in, right, in the final two make it, I'm pretty sure. I I actually don't remember what they said for what how they were going to decide. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a like, play-in best of five deal, basically. Okay, so there's going to be two teams from that. Like, I guess they're going to do a two-sided bracket with 
two side, two teams on each side or something like that. I think so. Uh, I heard them, they were talking about it today with, I actually heard Kaiser talking about it today on some show. So, so do we think Rogan made lines are like one and two? Like, are they going to win the league? Like, are, gonna, are they going to win summer split? Because we should like not jump too far ahead here, right? They're going to win the regular season. One of those two teams is going to win the regular season for sure. Okay. Um, when Play it comes to the action, I feel like it's it's those two and G two, and I don't even think Rogue is actually in the conversation for me. I think Mad Lions or G two is going to win the playoffs. I do too. Um, I'm still holding out hope for Fnatic too. Honestly, like I do think G two and Mad are definitely better. Uh. But I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see Fnatic just like I, we said this last week, right? And they had like another weird week, right? But it still would not surprise me to be like, oh yeah, Fnatic ended up getting second place. Like I would not be surprised at that at all, right? Maybe I mean, a they're doing bit. a lot. They're doing a lot better than G two. G 2s on a three loss streak. Fnatic on a two win streak. Like, oh, but those wins were ugly, John. Oh, but those wins were so terrible. They can't be good. I thought they lost their last game. Didn't they? Wasn't their last game the one where they got down by like seven thousand gold or something like that? They were down ten. To, they were down ten to one, and one Casena is really busted. That's why. Yeah, like, first, that was, was the first day. That was Friday. I remember that was a Friday. Yeah, they. No, they beat. They beat Misfits and Fnatic this weekend, or Misfits and Vitality. Yeah, Misfits and Vitality. And both of those games, they were both those games. I think they were down early in the game. Yeah, for my money, that was the best comeback of the year so far, in any region. Like in terms of like to me like that that to me and maybe you guys disagree like obviously there's things that um it, it was it was misfits was the one they did the crazy comeback on right yeah it was misfits so yeah. like obviously there's always things that misfits can do better but I didn't think there was any like game breaking like game ending mistakes I just think they got out team fault like four fights in a row. And, like, that was it. Like, it, it wasn't like, oh, somebody got caught and it was over. You know, because like, you see that sometimes, right? That usually that's how comebacks happen. It's like someone gets caught where they're sitting on a ward somewhere or, like, they're split pushing and trying to get, like, a side lane priority and they get caught and they win a 4v5 or something like that, right? That's usually <laughs> how it happens, but... Oh, that wouldn't really, really impress me, but good. I, I was just saying Sven's teammates see that all the time where somebody gets caught out and then their team loses because they lose a 5v4. Yeah. So... Do we think that's the top? F- so Mad Lions. So is Mad Lions G two are like? Is that like your tier one, John? Like by yeah. season's end. Yeah, I don't think I put Rogue in that tier. I think they're in the next tier down. And then the next tier is is this a big next tier or is this like an A plus tier or an S minus tier kind of situation? Probably Rogue and Fnatic for me. Um, All right, so you're you're on, you're on the same page as me because I'm I'm still with Fnatic. Like I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, I think they're like in the second tier there with Rogue. And then, any objections there, Josh, Chris? I'm so this is an unpopular opinion, but I'm more concerned about G two than Fnatic. Um, I, could, I mean, I could say it. There's reason. There's reasonable. You know, you could make an argument for it. Like, I mean, go ahead, make the argument yeah. for it. Well, so so here's the biggest thing, like. We, you guys know, everyone that listens to here kind of knows I'm a numbers guy. I think G2 has taken one Baron all split. Yeah. I think one. And, like, we know they have talented players, but I don't care who you are. You're not going to win games if you don't take Barons. And that's shown in the numbers, in the correlations. Like, it's very high correlation percentage between Baron percentage and winning percentage. And 
they're just not doing it. And the other thing that that hurts is how much gold you generate because it it really reduces your ability to siege and take towers if you don't ever take barons just because you can't just split three lanes and take three in turns at the same time. Like, yeah, you're never getting a power play. Like you're never getting yeah, a exactly. power play. So it, it's very concerning to me. Like it, I, at first I thought it was like a meme, and but now I'm legitimately starting to get concerned with this team. Like John said it, and I've, I've said it almost every single week. Like John literally jinxed his team when he said it feels like. G, I think his words were quote for quote like, I think it's going to be like G two just wakes up one day and is no longer good at the game, and that's legitimately like no no joke. That's what it feels like right now to me. Watching this team like. You would have said at, at the end of last year, you probably would have said Yankos and Mickey X were the best people in, in the world at their positions, and neither of them has looked anywhere remotely to that level. Yeah. Like, they might even not even be in the top five conversations right now yeah. for the positions. So, like, I don't know. I'm starting to get a little bit concerned there, personally. For yeah. me, I think it's draft for me. I, if you look at G2's drafts and the rest of the world's drafts, like all the other good teams in the world, they don't look similar at all. No. G2 is, like, all over, like, Rek'Sai, which has never been good and is not good anywhere. Uh, like, a bunch of, like, all the Tom Kench that they're taking. Like, all these weird picks that none of the other good teams are taking, and G2 seems convinced that it's good. But they're all champions. I mean, it just makes sense to me in my head because they're all champions that I hate and I never want to see my teams pick, and G2 is just taking them all every game. Like, yeah. they saw my notes, and they're like, we're going to prove John wrong. Yeah. These motherfuckers have wrecked by Tom Kent every game. Here's what's what's wild to me, right? Is like, I I guess there's like an argument for like, if they've done this well, doing all of this and with all these struggles and with Perks going through what he's going through and all this shit going on, right? And they're still where they're at. And like, you look at their metrics, like, like imagine if this team starts getting Barons, imagine if they start drafting well, like, and not like just like crippling themselves before the game starts. I don't know. Like, I, I think you could make the argument either way. Like, you could say, like, oh, maybe they're just never going to adjust. Like, maybe it's the RNG situation from spring, right? Where, like, they started, like, they had an insane like an insane start. Looked like one of the best teams in the world. Got halfway through the season, started having some weird drafts. Looked like they were maybe, like, you know, trying to do a different style or something. And then just never fixed it. Like, at all. Like, just never fixed it. I trust Grasmore to fix it than RNG's coaching staff at the time. So... But I, I I think you can make a reasonable argument for either. Like I, I don't think Josh is like out of line saying that. Yeah, no, I mean there there's reason to be worried. There's reason to be worried. I mean we have to assume they're going to turn it around because we've seen them win what four splits in a row and just look so dominant. And they made a world finals and nothing they, else has really changed other than this drafting and they're like their cohesion doesn't look quite as good. But they're still it's, it's doing hard. good things though. Like if you watch their games, like obviously they're it's like they're playing with a hand tie behind their back, right? And they're still doing like even from behind, they're still making good decisions. They're like they're trying to bait fights out that give them a chance to like get it, like sneak a dragon afterwards, like make the enemy team recall. Like they're 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 finding their windows still. And to me, like yeah. that's really really important. Like they're not just like getting smashed every game, right? But at some point, like either you got to outplay those situations, or you got to have a draft that enables you to outplay those situations, or just not be in them to begin with, right? We have said, and I mean, you've made a big point of this, that uh, right now the game feels more capable of being like controlled and snowballed by the team that gets ahead early. And G2 has always had problems in their very early game yeah. because they play so recklessly aggressive that sometimes things don't go that well. And especially when you're taking Rek'Sai, Tom Kench, how do you come back in a meta that's bad for coming back when you already have champions that are not good at coming back yeah. and not good at team fighting? And now you're behind like a couple thousand gold. 
back in the day, the, the like a lot of their strategy for winning those games was that Caps or Perks was on a hyperscaler of some kind or somebody that was really strong in mid-game or team fights. pusher or something like that. Yeah, it would just carry them. And it does seem like maybe that could be the thing. They're getting behind in gold early. They don't have the right champions, and the, the metagame is not set up well to come back when you're behind. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. Yeah, it feels kind of like they used to be able to be like the Matador, right? Like where they would just have like the cape and like make everybody come at him. Like, oh, you missed. And they would be able to buy enough time before they could eventually find their spot and, you know, land a killing blow, right? They really did feel like that a lot of the time. And then like every once in a while they would just have a game that they would just blow wide open because they would like randomly outplay a situation like that where they were actually not trying to and they just would because other teams were stupid about stuff. But I think right now it's... I can't remember who it was. Somebody in the Discord made, like, the, it was, like, the best version. It was, like, the most concise argument or version of this this whole concept, which was the game is easier to snowball now, like, like conceptually. Like, you don't need to be as good as you did in the past to snowball a game with a lead now. It's infuriating because we, see steam, we still see teams punt with leads all the goddamn time, and that pisses me off to no end, but... It's like the literally the roadmap is right in front of you. You don't need to formulate a plan like you did before, right? The plan is get four dragons, get the soul, win the game, right? Or like get first dragon, trade first herald, get first tower, and then snowball from there. Like like everything is laid out for you. Like it's very flowcharty in in a way that it wasn't before. Where before you'd have to we like that was one of the big differentiating things before, right? Where teams that knew how to close. In years past, that was like that was like one of the biggest differentiating factors between like the elite teams and like the just pretty good teams, right? Was that they would just never let you back in a game. It was just over. And it feels like it's a lot easier to for like bad and mediocre teams to look like that now. So like maybe G two you're right, like maybe they you know, early game has not always been their strong suit and they're relying too much on, you know, pulling people around. I think there's definitely cause for concern. I, there's a reasonable argument. I'm with you, John. Like, it, it's really hard for me not to trust them to turn it around because, like, they're still winning games with with all of this going on, right? Not as many as we expect them to be, but I don't know. Here's so I I, I floated this question to you guys earlier this week, but I'm just going to toss out my theory. I think that the, a big reason you you kind of just touched about it, touched on it like tangentially, but. I think a big reason G2 struggling and struggling and also FPX is because last year, the reason that they were able to win so many games is because they understood trading objectives, meaning like turrets for Drakes, uh, Baron for inhibs, et cetera, et cetera, so much better than every other team. And now the game has gotten so much simpler because of the dragon soul, where it's just this soul is pretty game-breaking regardless of which soul even cloud soul that we you know we dunk on all the time it can still be fairly game-breaking just because of the movement speed itself and the uh, ultimate cooldowns um that has taken a lot of that skill off the board yeah because the fact that i'm smarter than you and can understand how to trade things matters so much less if i give you the soul exactly that's i think that's a big reason that g2 struggling and I don't know if they're going to turn it around because I think that is, that was their calling card, right? Yep. That's why they were better. So I, that's why I'm a little bit concerned also because I came with that theory. So yeah. they were, they were the 200 IQ team, right? I mean, honestly, look, look across the world right now. Like the best team, like, I mean, I guess I, I keep writing about this and I like, I hate it because it's like cliche as hell, but like, 
it, it's not a it's brains versus brawn, right? It's a brawn season. Brawn wins, right? Like that's what like skir- good skirmishing, drafting for that, and getting ahead of the game and like closing the game. That's what wins right now. There's a few exceptions that are making it like top, top have kind of done a little bit of everything, which is I think what's separating them. Um, they can kind of do everything. I think DRX have some weird stuff, but they're like able to do that. I think Gen G do like, a little bit of everything really well. JDG do a little bit of everything really, really well. Um, but like, if it seriously feels like that, like the fact that we're talking about a team like LNG or not LNG, like LGD as like a playoff team, like just blows my mind, right? <laughs> like, I like LGD. Um, I'm trying to think of who else was like on the ball, but SK SK Gaming yeah. is a prime example. Yeah, like. Yeah, that's a good, I mean, speaking of SK, let's bring it back to Europe before we get, like, too much on a tangent here. Like, so, yeah, tangential tangent. Oh, my God, that was next level. Got there. <laughs> uh, so, like, that's, like, the top four. Then we have, like, this this hodgepodge, right, of, I guess it's, like, Misfits. You, you still, yeah, you put XL there still? XL, Vitality, Misfits, G2, SK, Origin, and Fnatic. Are all, all kind of there, right? All fighting for, like, four spots. Yeah. Shock is the only one that's, like, right out, right? Like, I think yeah. even even Vitality is, like, good enough to, like, if you screw up, they're just going to beat you. And honestly, I think one of these four and seven teams is going to make the playoffs. So, looking yeah. at... Strength I did the Yeah, I did the strength of schedule thing here, and... uh XL has the easiest schedule left of all the teams that are in that gang. And I think XL has been playing pretty well lately. Yeah. I, I think XL passes Misfits, and I think we see a fall-off from either SK or Origin. And I think uh, XL sweeps in there and, and picks up the final playoff spot. G2 has an equally easy record or strength of schedule from now on. So I could definitely see G2 uh, like popping up pretty high in the standings. Misfits has the next easiest schedule along with Vitality. They're right about in the same thing there, but I don't see Vitality pulling in enough wins to be like to be a contender. So Misfits there. Uh, OG has the third hardest. Fnatic has the second hardest. And SK Gaming has by far the hardest schedule remaining. So I feel like if it was on me, I think SK Gaming gets pipped by XL at the end of the season and XL ends up getting the last spot just from strength of schedule. So like your, your six is... G2, Mad Lions, Rogue, Fnatic, um, XL, and you're missing one. Who's the sixth? It would be Mad, Rogue, Fnatic, Origin, G2, and then it would be either Misfits or SK along with XL. Okay. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. Chris, Josh, what are you? What are your thoughts? Who's making? Who's who's not? I guess who's not making it is easier than listing six, right? In any particular order. Josh, you want to take that? Sorry, uh, I'll just jump right ahead. I don't think I can disagree. I'm still not as bullish on Excel. They look slightly better, but it, it doesn't differ too much for me between them and Fatality. They are getting better though. Like they look better. Like, they're they're improving as the season it's goes on. Better compared to their really ugly start. That's fair. Uh, and that, yeah, I still have that four. So, so who's who's your last? Like who's who's fifth and sixth? Uh, outside. Oh, fifth and sixth. Yeah. Probably Misfit and SK. I hate that Misfits. I don't want Misfits to make playoffs, man. I can't stand that team. I don't know why they just like. 
It feels like they get away with murder way too often. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Like they're, uh, I guess they're not that bad, but I don't know. Um, That's why they're like six slice, just right out there. I kind of am with you, John. I I think Excel are gonna sneak in. <laughs> like it's it, like I don't think they're th- that. This is gonna be like a classic case of like I don't necessarily think they're like the sixth best team either, but like the schedule and everything, it makes me think that that they're gonna get in. Josh. You like SK, I'm assuming, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the schedule is definitely concerning. I just like, I don't know. The underlying numbers are pretty close on a lot of these teams. Excel actually is popping up pretty well in, in, in some of these models, uh, in some of the statistics, at least, that are correlating well right now. Um, I would just say, like, when it comes down to these tie-breaking factors, like, I'm I'm always going to come down with some sort of tiebreaker. And so, like, I think if, if we're all set, and I'm not even set on the I'm set on the top four, you know, Rogue Mad, Fnatic G2, I think. I'm not really set on OG being fifth, honestly. I'm I'm still open to be I, I think it's literally Excel, OG, Misfits, SK all battling for that spot. Yep. And to me, like I've said, I think it's a bot lane meta. I think I legitimately think Crown Shot's the best bot laner of those four teams. And I think right now that I think Kabe's probably second, but Patrick's right there. Um and upset Plus, Jaxwell did look really, really damn good this yeah. weekend. But I, I want to see more of that. That's the problem with trying to handicap OG right now is, like, it's, it's really hard to get a, a great read after just two games. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, we're going we're gonna to get to them in a little bit when we talk Europe, but, like, I, I do want to take some time to talk about that once we get to LEC in the, slick, in the, in the slate because – that was kind of a wild turn of events and just hearing how everyone responded. We'll, we'll get to it. Please. Um, okay. So LPL then um, LPL is, is also really wild because there's, what do we have? There's like eight teams fighting for probably, I guess we'll say two spots. Realistically, I'm going to pull it up right now. Because, like, to me, it lo- like, we were talking before the show a little bit, and, like, all the eight-win teams feel like they're pretty much locked. Like, they just need to win one more, barring some crazy shit happening, which could happen. We saw it happen in the LPL last season, right? Oh, yeah. There was some wild stuff last season. Was it last spring that, uh, who was it? Who were the people that upset a bunch of, they upset FPS in spring. WE made the playoffs off of, like, of, like, exactly, like, five outcomes or something. It was like, this team had to lose 2-1, to one, this team had to lose 0-2, this team had to lose... It was, like, down to the game, and they, like, snuck in on one game. And then, yeah, you know... That was, that was WE, I believe. Got it. Um, so, right now, it looks like the top... The top three is pretty... Yeah, really, the top five is pretty competitive i could see like any of them but like top invictus jdg victory five and i think Suning are basically a lock to get in um it's possible like if Suning lose out we're going to talk about them they have a pretty tough schedule moving forward and then i think it's like legitimately like eight teams battling for like the next three spots although you could make an argument for we probably being a lock at this point too at eight wins and they're the sixth seed so Right now, it's LGD at in seventh at seven and four, and Fun Plus at six and six, uh, at number eight, and then you have a bunch of teams that are five and six, four and seven, um, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and rule out Rogue Warriors. So maybe it's not that many teams because they're four and yeah, eight. It's like, so it's like six teams fighting for two spots. Yeah, and uh, I'll say uh, we were talking about it before we went on air, but it's it almost feels like a like a false battleground to me. Like we were talking about, it looks like a battleground, 
But when you really examine it, I'm not actually sure that it is. So you got six teams on eight wins or better, which I think we can agree. You only really need nine wins. Most of those teams have like five games left. I don't think any of them are going to go 0-5. So I you think, don't they're think gonna... top's going to lose out. <laughs> uh, if their top lost out, they'd be in anyway. But <laughs> but uh, there even the rest of these teams, like I don't think WE is going to go 0-5 or 0-4 or whatever. I don't think Sunning's going to go 0-4 or 0-5. So that leaves you with LGD at 7-4, and 4, which is a two-game advantage on the teams that are not currently in a playoff space. And LGD has the easiest schedule of any of those teams left. So they're, they already have a game or two ahead of everybody, and they have the easiest schedule of all six teams. And then in eighth place, you have Fun Plus Phoenix, who I just cannot see Fun Plus missing the playoffs to Royal or Vici or somebody like that. And they also have a pretty easy schedule. So even though it seems like a battleground and the teams are like a game apart, it would really take like an, an implosion from Fun Plus for anybody else to really have much of a shot. Yeah. I, I feel like it might be locked up. I think what's interesting is that like, if you do like just basically like wins, losses, strength of schedule, like a basic grid, I think it's going to show like easier strength, like easier schedule for some of these teams. If you like look at their schedules, like it's not like a freebie. Like, FPX have, like, DMO, that's a win, probably. EDG, at this point, I, I don't even know what that team, but that's probably a win, too. LGD, I think they're just better than, but, like, that, you can make an argument that LGD could win that. And Sooning, like, LGD and Sooning aren't easy outs. But, you know, relative to everything else, that might be easy. I'm trying to think of who else. LGD, like, Billy Billy's been playing better recently. But they also well, LGD. LGD, LGD. LGD gets Fun Plus, RNG, and Vici. And well, they, have five, they have five opponents left, and the average ranking of their five opponents is 11th place. Yeah. So that's like, you know, it's a pretty easy pretty easy strength of schedule comparatively. Yeah. Um, yeah, they also get LNG, which is basically a free win at this point. So um, so who do, like we just think it, it's going to be as is. I kind of think that's probably what it's going to be. I think Fun Plus probably move up to seven. Yeah, I'm not sure if the teams will like switch around. Like Sunning might overtake Victory Five, or WE might overtake Sunning, or whatever. But it feels like the the eight teams that are in there right now are probably the eight teams we're going to see in playoffs. Yeah. Um, Josh, I feel like Vici's live. I do too. And I like I hate to say this, but like FPX are just like making me mad. Like I don't know, they just don't look like they have it. And I, I don't know, like. Before before last year, maybe this is just my ignorance on the region, but I don't think like any of those their players were like considered top tier before last year's run. Like I don't know, and maybe that's wrong, but it seems like they're kind of like regressing a bit off of a huge run. And like even even all of us were kind of in agreement that the world championship, like we didn't think they were the best team in the world. We saw that they got the best like string, you know, game strung together. So I don't know, like. I agree with John that like it doesn't feel like the world champion is the reigning world champion is just going to miss playoffs, but like I don't know, Vici has looked really good. They just can't finish right now, and like I don't know, that seems like something that has the upside. And like Kate Coma, maybe or yeah, has to make Coma. yeah, yeah. I don't know. And then RNG like as inf- how about that team for infuriating, right? Like RNG, I could totally see just like you know, flipping heads in a couple games <laughs> instead of like, instead of just like turning into a pumpkin in game two, like it seems like they do every single series. If they just happen to string two games together, like they can look pretty good too. But if yeah, I had to, like, if you had to pick one team that's going to drop out of playoffs, I think like most people 
would hesitate to say fun plus, but at six and six, like I don't think that's unreasonable. Yeah, I think if anybody falls out of playoffs, it's fun plus. Like even though I think they're better than LGD, LGD is seven and four, and fun plus is six and six. So yeah. I think if a team if a team drops out, it's FPX probably, and give their spots a Vici or Royal, whoever performed better. Yeah, I but mentioned I most likely it just seems like FBX holds on. Yeah, I think so too. But I mean, I mentioned it at the top. Um, what's interesting about this is like there's a lot of like double swings that can happen because a lot of these teams play each other, which is what always makes this middle of the table battle in the LPL like insane by the end of the season because like you know you could have a team like EDG if they just like string two wins together against people that matter, all of a sudden they're like in contention too. Same with like all of these teams basically. I think, like, Sooning are, like, random. Like, I think Sooning have actually looked really, really good, and they're, like, quietly, a, I think, a better team than most people think they are. But they have Fun Plus. OMG is a pretty easy out. They have Fun Plus, Top Esports, Vici, and Victory 5 the rest of the way. They could lose four of those games. If they don't take care of business against OMG, I, they could go 0-5. Like, that's not, you know, yeah. too crazy. I mean, they'd still be 8-8 eight and eight at that point, but I don't and think we'll, that's too we'll, crazy. Yeah, and even this week, like, we'll have a very clear picture even, like, on Monday. Because we'll see when we go over the LPL slate. Like, a lot of these, like you said, a lot of those double swings. Well, there's a couple of those coming up this weekend where that could really change, shake things up. Chris, there an LPL team you think, uh, any of these top eight that you don't think make it? Or somebody that's in, like, on the bubble that you think sneaks in off a loss on somebody? Uh, I still feel like LGD could slip up, even though they have a pretty softer rest of the season schedule right yeah they so they get billy billy and lng that's why their schedule is like so easy mm-hmm. so they have like kind of so... two wins like one and a half free wins free i don't know lpl has never been free <laughs> Big true. Taking Big all my true. Money. No. um uh yeah but outside of that i think i want to see beach it's just it's infuriating how they can't really string together a, 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 a game. They can do series, they can look great in matches, and, and you wonder what happened to the team the following yeah. year. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of think that this is what happens when you have a pretty, you know, it's weird. Uh, the LPL is deep in terms of, like, competitiveness, I think, but like, I still have so many issues with so many of these teams. All right. Um, that was kind of, you know, our, our long rundown, but I think that should be able to shorten up our look at the overall slate so let me pull this back up real quick so you know we were just on the lpl you want to stick with the lpl first we'll go to that first sure so um and like you know josh brought it up too like a lot of these teams we're going to know by the end of the weekend you know it's going to be a much clearer picture i think because a lot of these teams play each other so on friday we have one of those matchups we have sooning plus 159 against victory five minus 217 we'll say v5 minus one and a half so plus 156 so yeah v5 I, I, I kind of think, like, all right, so I think V5 are a better team. But I also think that Sooning are going, like, really under the radar somehow. But, like, Sooning also kind of feel like a FlyQuest team a little bit, right? Like, they're just kind of, like, not screwing up and then beating people that screw up. Yeah, Sooning wildly. I, I People wouldn't guess this, I don't think. I wouldn't have guessed it if I didn't, like, wasn't paying attention to it. But they're on a six-win streak. Yeah. Like, they started the season two and three. Now they've got six in a row in the bag. Um, not a team that I was expecting to be on this level coming into this season. And then, yeah, they're, they're on the same record as Victory 5, who I think if you ask people, you know, who's had a better season, Sunning or Victory 5, like 99% of people would say Victory 5. Yep. And really, I mean, 
they're pretty similar. Uh, Victory Five has a couple better game differential on games, but other than that, they're pretty similar in, in what they're looking at here. Yeah, Sooning is like actually good. Like I think I think like it took us however many weeks, but I think we finally need to just say like Sooning's actually pretty good. I don't know if they're like elite. I don't know if their ceilings as high as, as what we've seen from Victory Five, but I also think that they're probably more. Like I think Sooning is less vulnerable to like a big patch change than Victory Five is. I think Victory Five are going to be in big trouble if the jungle gets changed. Like if if the jungle champion pool gets impacted a lot, I think they're going to be in big trouble. I still think they're going to be pretty good. I don't think this is like a fraudulent run. I don't think this is like an E Star situation or anything like that. I think they're actually good. They do a lot of good things. They play the game the way you should be playing it right now. I just think that we haven't seen them do a lot of other stuff. So. I'm a little curious. Like, I don't know. Th- this number feels a little bit big to me. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think that Victory 5 is, like, kind of similar to E-Star last season, where they were winning a lot, but it was really hard to figure out exactly why they were winning so much. And it seems like they could just be, like you say, sort of a patch away from not being nearly as good. I mean, E-Star is playing the exact same players right now without crying. And just look just leaps and bounds worse than they did last season. And it's not even that their opponents are better. They just look miles and bounds worse. Yeah. And I don't even I don't even think it's because of crying. I think it's because of the champions that are playable right now and mm-hmm. the strategy that's playable right now. I could see that happening to Victory Five. I think Victory Five rely like make no mistake, this team this team is actually good. I'm not calling them frauds or anything like that. But I really do think so much hinges on on way getting, like, a champion that he's comfortable on and can just, like, dominate the pace of the game with. Because it's not like they're, like, all in early game every game, but most games they are, and most of their wins come that way. And we've seen when they lose, it's when you can disrupt that, right? I think Top had a great game plan against them in their series. Uh, I think we saw, in like, Invictus kind of did the same thing. Like, if you just take way off of, like, his top three champions, then they're a much different team. Like, if he's playing Trundle or... I don't even know. Uh, like, if he's not playing like Graves or Nidalee or Olaf, he's it's or, or he, like Lee Sin, I guess too. If he's not on one of those four champions, I know it's hard to ban him out, but there's and there's situations you can engineer like Top did, where they like basically forced him onto Olaf and then took Trundle, which is like considered a pretty good pick into it in, in general. So, like, you can kind of like pigeonhole them into doing one thing and have a plan against it, which I think, I mean, WE kind of suffer from the same problem. It's just like you know the reverse, right? Where I think. It's it's a really delicate balancing act, but I think as long as the patch is the same, like they're pretty good. I think over the course of the season, it feels like Sooning are. It feels like Victory Five people are laying out good blueprints to to at least have a chance against them. Where it took people a while to figure that out, right? So I I think Sooning could do it. I think this number feels a little bit big. I'll take Sooning here. Josh is like, no, I'm not touching the LPL, dude. <laughs> uh, I'd actually be more, I, I'd be more on the v, V5 minus one and a half personally. Uh, but I don't, the problem is I can't like vehemently disagree with really anything you said. But I'll just say that like, in terms of like you're saying like they could ban him out. I just don't think you can in this meta. Yeah. Like, that, well, that, yeah, yeah. I, and ultimately you still have to execute on a plan too. Like even top, right? Like top had a plan. And like laid it out and did it, and they still lost the game, right? Yeah. So 
And Victory yeah. 5 has shown that they can adjust a little bit. Like, in that game where they tried to ban him out, they just went over the top and did, like, Orn and Scale. They did, like, Orn Oriana, I think it was. They just, like, went over the top and outscaled. Because, like, Top was trying to match them early, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll just go over the top now. So, they have shown that ability. I'm not saying that they're super linear, but, like, they are a different team when you take them off of that. Like, they're they're a mortal team. They're not just the gods that they are. So, okay. Um, next one, another interesting one. So, the LPL is super interesting. This week. We're going to be able to blow through the LCK because that slate is hella boring. So, we'll, so, we have RNG minus 125, LGD minus 106. RNG favored. This is the biggest playoff picture matchup yeah. of the weekend. Uh, Do you have the stats in front of you, Josh? Yeah. How how good is RNG in the early game? Because the storyline for me has been with LGD. If the teams get ahead of them early, LGD just crumbles. And if LGD gets ahead of the other team early, then LNG can usually close on them. So for me, I decide whether or not I'm betting against uh, LNG or LGD rather entirely oh. based on whether or not their opponents are capable of getting ahead of them. I have them fourth early game, like blend of gold differential of 15 and 10 and like firsts. For RNG? Yeah, I have RNG fourth in the league and LGD. Well, actually, I have LNG higher. LNG's third. But it's like there's actually a pretty big gap between the two. That's factoring in a bunch of different stuff, though. Yeah, it looks like to me that LGD is a better better early game. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, What's interesting, though, is, like, I'm with you, John. Like, because LGD look totally lost when they're not in the lead. Uh, RNG yeah. kind of do, too. But, like, it's not as extreme with them, I think. So Yeah, that, that's been a really huge, like, pain point for me with LGD. It seems like if the other team even gets a couple thousand gold ahead of them, LGD has a really hard time coming back from that. But if LGD gets a lead, they don't, they're not, they don't let their opponents back in the game that easily either. So. Yeah. The hard thing with both of these teams is that they're just, like, so hard to trust a lot of the time. Because, <laughs> like, RNG, we've been saying it all season, RNG will look like gods in Game 1 and then just look like they don't know how to play League of Legends in Game 2. It's like, oh, they'll have this composition that's, like, pretty linear and straightforward and they just look like they have no idea how to operate it, right? And then, like, they could be back for Game 3 and win Game 3. Or they're just not there for Game 3. We've seen a little bit of both. So, LGD, I think, are probably a better team. And it feels weird that they're underdogs here, right? Does that feel weird to anyone else? Yeah, these odds are flipped in my opinion. Like, this is a clear LGD bet and, like, pick of the week material if I wasn't anti-pick of the week in Eastern Leagues. Yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, like, I, I think the minus 1.5 is, is totally live here, especially. Like, plus yeah, it, feels, it feels really weird to have RNG as the favorite yeah, here. Yeah, right? Like, I don't particularly like LGD, but they should be favored here. Like, you're right. These should be flipped. LGD should be the small favorite, I think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So, yeah, I think LGD is the play across the board. God, I can't stand this team, but it's definitely the play. <laughs> um, I mean, this could also be, like, a double minus one and a half, too. Like, an under two and a half. It really, it really sucks, in my opinion. Uh... I think it was like, I think who was your team? I think Mad was like this for you last split, but it's kind of like LGD is the team that's like my anti ESAR, where I just want to, like, I really want to bet on them to regress backwards. But it's like they just keep finding themselves in spots where it's like, I don't even really want to bet against them. Yeah. It's like really annoying because, like, I think they've definitely overperformed, but there's like no real great spots to take advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, they kind of feel. See, like, Mad, I, I, I guess I just hate Mad less because they're, like, smart and creative. Whereas LGD are... LGD, like, if I had to describe them, they're literally just, like, the big dumb barbarian 
in the in the arena with like a big axe and like a guy's you know you couldn't ask him to solve two plus two but you know put a put an axe in his hand and he's going to kick the shit out of people that aren't smart right like that aren't like crafty in the ring so again like this goes back to that brain a team like lgd in seasons past would have no chance they're just like they, they make too many mistakes but right now like when the game plan's laid out for them they're good at getting leads and that's important right now so yeah, it is an LGD pick. Um, Saturday, we have Vici minus 270 against OMG plus 193. Um, must win for Vici. We didn't really talk about OMG because I think they're like basically out, right? They're a 3 and 8. I think they're a little too far back. Yeah, like it would take an actual miracle. Like they're not mathematically eliminated, but it would take some like really, really wild shit to happen. They're essentially out. Um, there's a chance we see OMG start playing subs here. We didn't talk about that, but that's a thing that happens in the Eastern Leagues, particularly. Uh, once teams are mathematically eliminated, and I think we're going to start seeing that more and more. We've already seen it with E Star, uh, mixed results, but uh, just Vici. I know people. I, I've I've gone on enough tangents about Vici that I don't I don't feel like going into it on the podcast here. But uh, it, it, this is a Vici bet, right? We're a pass. It's definitely not yeah. OMG. I, th- I think it's a pass, dude. I think Vici sucks. I disagree with you guys on this. I'm I'm like really not a fan of Vici. I know, and I'm also not a fan of OMG, as you all know. I'm yeah. very much out on OMG. So this, I'm just, this is your toilet bowl. <laughs> yeah, this is the toilet bowl for me, and I'm out on it. Chris, Josh, any, any strong thoughts on this one? After John said that, now I understand why the minus 1.5 is like plus 130. <laughs> They're not even guaranteed to sweep that. That's like a low percentage, right? It's if I understand low. it. Yeah, like, it's fairly low. I mean, like, so so here's the the problem. This is the whole we've talked about this before. This is literally eye test versus numbers. Like, eye test says Vici is like one million times better, and like that you should lay whatever the hell two seventy. Yeah, numbers are way too close to lay that much. Yeah, here. So I can't personally because of that. I actually think this is a like very good justification to bet OMG. Like these teams are right next to each other, and a lot of the most yeah. important. things right now um and getting plus dang near plus 200 value on that is phenomenal uh so if i had to choose a side i'd bet omg but i think this is a stay away yeah i do think vici have been kind of like pounded down based on recent performances too like they were way way higher in my listings than this now but they've you know taken a couple bad losses so i think it's kind of pushing everything down suppressing it a little bit but yeah i think there's an argument for OMG, I just, I think this is going to be like an eye test overcomes everything for me. So, um, obviously, I'm pretty bullish on Vici. So, full disclaimer. Uh, EDG, FPX. God damn it, EDG. <laughs> um, FPX smashed this, right? Is this like, is this like, don't get cute, don't overthink it, we're panicking about FPX, but this is just like smash FPX, right? Yeah, I wish they would have given us some better odds on FPX. I mean, they're only six and six. They've taken some pretty tough losses. They could have given us some better odds here yeah. on FPX. As is, I think I just have to like either stay away or you could technically bet the minus one point five, but I think it's more of a stay away for me. Yeah, minus one point five and plus one twenty is not bad, but yeah, I think that's reasonable. I'm going to be on FPX here, unless they just look a bit. Like they play what. Uh... No, they don't play. This is the first game we're going to see from them this week. So, any objections? Any EDG backers? 
just want to just to touch on what you said I mentioned earlier. Like FPX is similar about the G2 as I discussed. Like they're fifth worst in the league in Barons. So like again, I don't know what happened to these teams. Um, maybe it's just like not being able to exert map pressure as effectively now due to the changes to the map or the the changes to the meta. Um, but it, it's very odd to see these teams that were in the World Championship last year struggling so hard in their in their uh, in their regions respectively. All right, so. Yeah, that's going to be another one where I'm probably just going to be against the numbers and we'll see if I get crucified for it or not. Sunday, we have Billy Billy, plus 461 against JDG, uh, minus 833. We'll say the JDG minus one and a half set, minus 175. So, Billy Billy are, are kind of frustrating, right? Like, they show flashes of being this good, like, the kind of team we like to bet as an underdog, right? Where, like, they can jump out on you, and they just take... They just let people back into games so often. But then, like, yep. they'll have a game like they did this morning in game one where they just blow someone out of the water in, like, 25 minutes. You're like, holy shit, Meteor's a god. <laughs> and then, like... I don't know. I almost feel like Vici's, like... Or, I mean, uh, <laughs> BLG is kind of like... Uh, like, one of those yardstick teams that we talk about, except not for the actual playoffs. Like, a below-playoffs yardstick team. Yeah. Are you a dumpster fire? <laughs> Yeah, the, the dumpster fire. The dumpster yeah. fire yardstick. We got, like, if the flame-proof. If you're any kind of dumpster fire, then BLG's going to take care of you easily. If you're anyone above that, they have a really hard time. I just think JDG. JDG have also been, like, improving and improving and improving, and JDG look really, really good right now. So, like, unless you think this is kind of like a, you know, foot-off-the-gas situation, which is possible... I think they're going to try to get one of those top two spots. I think they want it real bad. Yeah, I think like, JDG comes out and crushes. Yeah, I think JDG are going to smash this one. And I like Billy Billy too, but I think JDG smashes one. Then this match is going to be awesome. I'm actually really excited for this one. So we have Invictus plus 177 against Top Esports minus 244 to close out the weekend. A little Sunday morning action. This is going to be a fun match. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun for sure. I kind of like Invictus. I think Top are a better team, but I I also think Invictus are are pretty damn good, and they're getting better. I don't know. I think I like Invictus here. This is for John, but the power of friendship will will reach its full circle because Jackie Love is just going to int straight up. For like, <laughs> like, oh no! I forgot. Like, he's just going to sprint under towers and stuff. Like, How beautiful would it be, dude? The power of friendship narrative. He just like he like recalls, walks top. His support's running bottom. You're like, you're John. You're John. Like, what are you doing? You see him like back pinging him on the map. He just like runs it right into the shy, like three <laughs> times in a row. He like literally lends his power to the shy, completing the the he, mega. He, walk, he, he walks up there, pops the IG emote, and just <laughs> yes, I love it. I can see it now. <laughs> I see. That's why we need pro wrestling moments, dude. That's oh, why we man. need pro wrestling. What is he doing? No, Jackie, no! <laughs> Stop the damn match! Stop yeah. the damn! <laughs> no, not like this. Oh my god! <laughs> see, now I'm just not going to be able to take this match seriously. It's like the best match of the weekend. God, that's too good. I mean. We haven't really talked too much about. We talked a fair amount about them last week because they were my pick of the week last week. But like. IG, IG are starting to look really, really good. Like I know they, yeah. Like it's weird. It's weird because they don't look like IG. Like there's still things where, like the shy is still the shy. So in that, and rookie's a god. So in that way, they look like them. 
But it's weird seeing this team like have solid drafts, right? Yeah, they're, they're starting to be more and more though. Their numbers like kill for wins and stuff are going way up as the season goes on since Baolan came back. Those skirmishes in the river and stuff are happening more and more often and more and more often going in their favor since Baolan's been back. It's I think they're much more starting to look like the IG that won Worlds versus the one we've seen since then. Yeah, I'm just trying to look. They've had like like two gold deficits in their last like 20 games at 15 minutes or something like that which is like crazy and I know CS doesn't correlate as much to the season but their CS numbers are pretty obnoxious too like even when they're even when they get smashed they're like ahead in CS it's like what is happening right now <laughs> so. CS is actually a really good correlation yeah specifically it's kind of it's just great how good is Rookie by the way <laughs> I know we we swoon about him a lot and, and Knight's just been like absurdly good too but like I don't know. A lot of good mid lane play. That's that's the that's it, right? We're gonna see rookie versus knight in this matchup. Yeah, but power friendship, that's the primary storyline. Is that the tie that's the tiebreaker, right? <laughs> IG reunited. I wonder I wonder if um I wonder if Puff just counter ints. <laughs> like he sees Jackie doing it and he's yeah. like, Yeah, I know I'm not wanted here and just <laughs> just runs it down. Fade the eighty carries in DFS. Don't play them in DFS. In this... <laughs> yeah, this this is gonna be a popcorn game for sure. Yeah, it's all it's all popcorn for me. Yeah. I might bet Invictus at plus one seventy seven. That's a pretty good number, but I I just want to sit back and watch this one for sure. Yeah, this is this is gonna be a great match for sure. Um, are we all on Invictus here? To your number? point, yeah, to your point, Gelati. I think this is the Invictus that I want. I'm gonna say they have clean macro. But they're micro conscious. Yeah. They know what they what they need to do. Towers come first. Dragon comes first. Kills can wait. Yeah, so, and it's a total difference from the beginning of the season, right? Where like they just ignored Rift Herald for like fifteen games, <laughs> like legitimately just ignored it, like just like it didn't exist. And like he's like, oh yeah, I guess we'll do this because we're right here because the fight just happened here, and that, <laughs> like that, that was like how they would take Carol before. Like there was no conscious effort to do any of this. It looks like. It kind of reminds me of Damwon a little bit, where, like, it finally looks like at some point just, a, like, a light switched, and they're like, oh, this is how you play in Season 10. Oh, okay, it took us six months, but we got there, right? Like, that's it what, does feel like that And way. maybe maybe it was just Baolan, honestly. Yeah. Because, like, when Ning was playing, like, when he first came back, like, you know, you saw some signs of it, but it was still like, okay, this team's, uh, I don't know. And then, like, yeah, as it- soon as Baolan came back in, you were like, holy shit, it's, like, such a world of difference. Yeah, he's been he's been definitely a big difference maker, not just in like his individual play, but just in he knows how I how they want to play. Yeah. He knows how Ning and the Shy and Rookie want to play, and he's re- he's more ready for these plays. You did notice if you go back and watch their games with Puff and Southwind, there was a lot of moments where Puff and Southwind were behind the play on a fight of some kind, a skirmish, a fight. They were behind their opponents, and that just doesn't usually happen when you have the other guys together with Balan and Ning. Yeah, it's. It's it's kind of it's so fun seeing the band back together again. Cause it gives you like another like because IG have the ceiling to win the league, like that's what's so exciting about it. Because like when this team if they're playing well, like they're as good as anybody in the world. We literally saw that already. Like that's what, like and it's really not that much different. Because like if you if you think back on it, like Jackie Love was really really good back then. But we've talked about it a bunch of times. Jackie Love was the worst player on that World Championship team. Like obviously he was really yeah. good. Obviously he was a god. But he was definitely the weak link on that World Championship team. Which is kind of crazy to think about now watching it. But, like, what's to say this IG can't win Worlds, right? Obviously, they got some work to do, but 
it's exciting. Like that, I think that's that's the, the main thing with it is it's exciting, and we're seeing them like actually evolve in real time, which is like really fun to see. So that's going to be a banger. I'm looking forward to that. It's almost like progressive de-evolution. They're actually just going back to the way that they used to play, but it's it's better for them that way. <laughs> yeah, but like they're also like they've shown a bunch of different like team compositions and stuff too. It's not like they're that's just true. doing one thing. Like they're still like counterpicking top lane and making it work, even with like Quins and stuff like that. So, God, he he's like the only player in the world I trust to actually play out counterpicks. Well, he's one of the only ones. I will say, dude, for as, as much as people wanted to crap on the shy when he was having like the bad part of his season here. He's literally the only person in the entire world that actually makes those work. Yeah. You know how many times we see these other dudes try to take Quinn top or Callista top or whatever, and it never feels the way it does when it's the shy. Yeah, Jace. I mean, we see something like Nogari's Nogari and Keen can kind of make it work, and but yeah, like you're right. It's like there's it's not the same. So, and we talked about that last week too, right? How like he for every game that he ints, like there's he just wins a game that no no other player would win. So it's kind of like this weird balancing acts i guess but they've been more steady it's kind of crazy of all the teams in the world to say that about yeah it's exciting the biggest thing is like john mentioned i think it really is balam just because he's acting as a bit as a bit of a second jungler on this team like southland was very much more of a lane focus i'm gonna just protect the hell out of puff at all times like he's in my back pocket i'm gonna take the death balam is like one of those he's, he's playing more like you know the a lot of these roaming supports, you know, Lumao does it. Core JJ is doing it really well right now in the LCS. Uh, you know, in the past seasons, Mickey X and Hilly were really good at it. But he's like, you see him just go up to top lane, and it's not like they're lane swapping. He's just going up there. Yeah. It's like, you know, like that's the stuff that they were missing, and that's the stuff that they need to to really be successful on a team that's going to have these players like the Shy and Rookie who are just going to dominate their lane. So yeah. it, it is helping them out a lot, I think. That's going to be a super exciting one. Uh, we'll we'll blow through the LCK because there's like only really one interesting match this weekend. Yeah, there's like two. We'll say there's two. Um, so we'll just kind of blow through these because there's a ton of just chalky big favorites here. So Sandbox um, plus five eighty two, Damwon minus twelve fifty. It's a pretty big number. It's a really big number. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm. I'm not sure I can go against Damwon right now, though. Yeah, I'm. I'm not ta- like I'm not messing with this. Yeah, they've been they've been crazy, crazy good. Yeah, you want to talk about like a team playing in the like I like I the storm right now? Like they, it feels like they can't do it. Like even the stuff that they do wrong, they just play their way out of a paper, out of a paper bag. It seems like they they honestly look a little bit like top esports, where like top will like make a mistake and it just feels like it doesn't even matter. You know, like it's like oh yeah, they're going to outplay this, and they just how many. How many times this season have you seen a team have like a five-figure gold lead at twenty minutes? Because they've done it yeah. a couple times already. That's crazy, man. They, they've been they've been really absurd, even if they've struggled against some of the better teams yeah. in the league. They're just really fun to watch. Too. I, I mean, I, I know you you like sandbox, but like, there's no right, <laughs> not not here, not now. <laughs> yeah, not in this spot. Um, Afrika minus six sixty seven against Solhe one uh, plus three ninety four. I'm going to call in and I told you so on this one. This team sucks. They're terrible. Like, I was trying to say it for the season, but, like, this is, this is like, the double whammy of, like, they, like they're good players not playing well anymore, and, like, everyone is, like, um, like, they understand the meta now so that they don't have that metagame armor anymore, right? 
Or like as before, kind of like FlyQuest. If FlyQuest didn't also like FlyQuest has pretty good players, right? This team doesn't have good players. They they have like one good player. Hybrid's good, and yeah, Hybrid hasn't been playing that well. And it's really hard, as we saw with Teddy, who's ridiculous. It's really hard to differentiate yourself when the AD carries the best player on the team, right? I really might take a shot on Soleil one year, to be honest. You think they're so? a dumpster fire. They're a dumpster fire. Don't get me wrong. They're they're definitely dumpster fire tier. Like plus four hundred ish against Afrika feels all right to me. Yeah, I, I don't think Afrika are that dominant, so I could understand it. They have been doing a decent origin impression, like I said. I think maybe you might go a little safer, even and go plus one point five and plus one nineteen. But I think I'd rather just take the money line at four hundred and just hope Afrika has an off day. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like at some point, I think Solar One are going to just start doing like they've been pretty tame for the most part. Like they've done a couple weird things, but like they've been pretty tame. But like. I could totally see them busting out some nonsense like they, you know, like they did last season. Start playing kill lanes bottom. Like everyone's picking that. Like it's easy for a game to like play a kill lane bottom, leave a Lowey in isolation, and she just like dunks the one v one, and Ixu carries a game, right? Like I could see it. And you're right, a freak aren't, and you know, they make mistakes. So I don't know. I, I think that team's terrible, but I could. This is this might be a close your eyes special on the plus one point five. Like I'm just gonna. You know, I don't want anything. Yeah. <laughs> Um, another huge one. Uh, so this one's a little interesting. So we have T1 minus 1,600 against Tama Life plus 700. Just rounding up. Uh, Hama Life to take a game plus 189. Hama Life are also a dumpster fire. However, it always seems like they find a way to screw with T1. I have no idea why. Like, they've won so many games that make no sense against this team this year that I'm, like, at least curious about it. At a number like that, yeah, I could see being curious about it. But yeah. at the same time, I just think Hamo Life is just so bad. I don't think I can make myself do it. Yeah, I also think that T1, like, if T1 were on a winning streak, I could definitely see this, like, going, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd be more willing to bet this if T1 was, like, you know, they've won seven in a row or something like that. But T1 have actually been struggling, and they're going to be, like, take like they need the wins now. Like, they look like the fourth best team in Korea right now. Which is kind of nuts to think about, right? So, yeah. I, I think don't get too cute with this one. But I just thought it was interesting because Hamwa have had their number a little bit this season. It's like, makes no sense. But what do you think, Josh? I think a plus one and a half is definitely live. Like, yeah. plus 189. I mean, that, that's the biggest number we're going to get. And this is the tightest gap that we've seen in the first three games we've run off, in my opinion. Like, at, I mean, it, it sounds really dumb. But, like, I, I honestly think the gap between Hanwha and T1 is closer than either Sandbox and Dam one or a freaking Soleil one. I think right now, yeah, I'd agree with you. Yeah. Um, like, you could just have some, for some reason, Viper just goes not. The, the problem is that their best players against Teddy who yeah. messes up. So, like, that, that's where I struggle with it in terms of the actual, like, mechanism for where they win. Because the other thing is, like, Hiru, or, sorry. Hiru, Hiru yeah. Hiru, Hiru's had some really good games in mid lane randomly. So, like, you just don't really see either of those things happening in this spot, which is what really makes it tough. Yeah. It's almost August too, by the way. So like, if Kuve plays, it's it's Kuve time. So if uh, <laughs> this is a long-standing meme, there's going to be like four people that get that joke. So, <laughs> um, I don't know how much looked better in their last series, but it was against Solhe one. So like, I don't know what the hell that means. I can see it. This is the good match for the weekend. Um, one of two. Uh, Dragon X minus one thirty five. Dragon X favored. It's a little weird to you. 
No, I mean Dragon X hasn't been as dominant in their wins, but they they are they do have a better record. They're the best team record wise in the LCK. So it's Dragon X minus one thirty five against Gen G plus one oh one. Um Gen G as for as much as Damwon is smashing, if you look at the numbers, like Gen G aren't that much different. Yeah, they're pretty I will say I think Gen G has been more dominant in their wins against bad teams. I don't know if if Josh hates the LPL and doesn't want to mess with the LPL. I don't want to mess with Gen G, dude. I'm tired. I'm so sick of Gen G. Every single series that they play, I don't know. They just get 28 kills every single game. The opponents are just down 10k gold and fight them in the middle of nowhere for no reason over no objective. I, I hate Gen G. I'm tired of watching their games. I wish their whole organization would disband. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think so? This is. I just found these these crazy, and obviously firsts don't always mean a lot, but it's kind of an indicator of like how dominant they've been, like at least early in the game. Sixty nine percent first blood, seventy three percent first tower, sixty percent first dragon, seventy one percent first herald. Top doesn't even have anything remotely close to that. Damwon doesn't have anything close like that. I I don't think I've ever seen those kind of numbers this far into a season for anybody. Like even the best teams ever. I'm not saying that they're on that level, but it's just kind of crazy. Like those, those popped off the page to me, and obviously, first don't always mean everything. But I don't think I've ever seen like you know sixty plus percent in every single one of them through this far in a season. You see it through like ten games or something like that if they you know start off hot. But that's pretty crazy, right? Usually, it's like one of them is lacking. It's like oh they'll you know they'll be lacking in first dragon because they have high first herald and first tower. It's rare that you see sixty plus percent in all of them. That's pretty nuts yeah. to me. That's and that's first. That's part. not total. That's first. Yeah, that's the impressive part because it's usually that you're getting high numbers because you're trading them, like you're yeah. talking about. And if you're not trading them and you're actually just getting all of them, that's definitely very impressive. Yeah, it's pretty. It's just wild. I, I like I mentioned earlier, Clid's playing out of his mind. Case in point, like Clid's playing out of his mind. This whole team's playing really, really well. So, um, like lost track of things. I think Genji. Every, everyone's so hype on Damwon because Damwon are like hella fun to watch. That I think Genji, as, as under the radar as they could be, I think Genji are also like, you know, they're better than Sooning. But I, I think like they're in that vein where it's like, okay, this team is like really good, and still no one's talking about them. So. Genji like swapped places with DRX. I don't know what happened, but DRX was the fun team to watch last season, and Genji was boring as hell, and now they swapped. Yeah, I do think. I mean, DRX are still doing weirder stuff. So like in that aspect, they're fun to watch. But Gen G are just smashing people. Like they're they're God, they're like Damwon. They're just completely obliterating people when they win. It's like not close. Like they, there's so many games that just aren't even close. So that's going to be a fun. Like I don't know. So where are we at on this one? Like it feels it feels wrong not to take Gen G at plus money right now. Like with the way they're playing, right? And I like Dragon X. We're going to get to see both of these teams before then, and I'm a little bit interested in uh, in how they perform in in their next matches here. Yeah. Or they both play tomorrow. Yeah, I think I actually would lean Dragon X if I was going to bet the game uh, this very second. But I'd like to see them play uh, yeah. one more time, get a little bit more info. Yeah, I, I think either side is justifiable here. I just think like it's for me. It's like I like why is this team ever plus money right now? Like I don't know. Do you like so? I guess we'll. Josh, Chris, any thoughts on this one? Where you where where do your loyalties lie for this this upcoming match? Should be a good one. Oh, okay. I thought Joshua was going to go. Um, I think you're, I would agree with you that dude, just because Genji is plus money, that's where I think 
I would lean uh, because I feel like these two teams are much closer than that. It should be a coin. It should be a coin flip game, in my opinion. If you give me value on Genji now, I'm just going to take it before people are going to see what they're going to do tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. Josh, what do you think? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know why this always happens, but I am just... So, A, I think it's a little bit because, like, I said coming into the season, I thought Gen G would be the team to kind of fall down. So it might just be some anchoring bias for me. I do agree. They've been like hyper impressive and they've like just made me look really dumb. Um, the thing is like, I, and you were just talking about it. Like you were talking about, they, they've been dominant in all their first stuff. But like when you look at something like, so you would think a team that leads that's like that dominant in all those firsts would be just destroying early games. Yeah. So technically, like according to uh to Tim Seven Houston's model, like they're the second best early game team behind Damn One. But if you look at goal differential at fifteen, they're even behind DRX and goal differential at fifteen. So like if you're telling me that a team that only gets the first tower forty percent of the time is still better at fifteen minutes than Gen G, I yeah. don't know. I think that's the reason to kind of fade that noise a little bit. Yeah. And then for the underlines, like I do see DRX being better. Um I don't know, it, it's I definitely agree that it seems like you should just take the plus money team here, but I actually think I'd rather play DRX than than Gen G here. So. Yeah, I, I think they are very very close, and you're right. Like that that is like a good fade the noise kind of spot. Like these don't come up too often with they don't come up too often with really good teams. It's usually like an overrated team and an underrated team. But I I kind of think both these teams are good, like just really really good. So it's like it's kind of weird to say like fade the noise that's happening, but and like I said like. Hey, Jelotti, we don't say that phrase around here anymore. Fair, fair. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> damn it. Uh, I don't know. I I think I'd probably just be on whoever's plus money here. So, for me, it's Gen G. But, yeah, that's going to be good. So, we have that at 7 a.m. on Saturday, and then we have the, the, top, the top Invictus at 7 a.m. on Sunday. So, we got back-to-back 7 a.m. days of good, good action here. So... Just rounding out. So Solhei one and Sandbox. Uh, Solhei one's plus two fifty two. Sandbox minus three seventy. Uh, how much do you trust Sandbox, John? <laughs> I yeah, think you were the big, you were the biggest Sandbox truther. I don't, I don't trust them enough to get to pay minus three seventy on them. Yeah. If I was gonna bet, it'd be the minus one point five. But I don't even think I'm going there. I think I'm just passing on this one. Yeah, this feels like a disaster, right? Like this feels like it could be like, oh yeah, Sandbox definitely win this, right? Smackdown. Any th- any strong thoughts on this one? I kind of am just like super indifferent. Like Sandbox win, but I'm not paying that number. Yeah, kind of kind of Matt across the board. This was a little interesting. KT Rolster minus one thirty. Dynamics minus one hundred one. Kind of two middle of the pack teams. I could see either of them winning here. I do think this price is actually about right, though. I like I like KT in this one actually. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit. Uh, Dynamics feels to me like it's one of those like tale of two halves. If you look at the first half of their season so far and then the second half of their season so far, they're a lot worse in the second half of the season, where KT is a lot better in the second half of the season if you go back and compare you know, the first half of their games to now. So I like KT quite a bit in this one, I think. I think Dynamics is kind of falling back to what we expected of them and is still getting a little bit too much respect because of the surprises that they gave us at the very beginning of the season. So I'm going to go with KT here. Yeah, I kind of think Dynamics are – Dynamics to me are like a team I like more on film than their production has been. 
Like they do a lot of good things. I'm not like I don't think they're a particularly good team. Like I think they're I think they are a solid like good fundamental team that has some weird tricks up their sleeve that they can pull out, which I think makes them a live dog against like any of these middle of the table teams. But I do think they're I think they're better than the Sandbox for what that's worth. Not by much, but if I if I had to pick, I think they're better than Sandbox. I think they're the seventh best team in the league. I think they're they're pretty close with Sandbox, but I think yeah. KT's better. Yeah, I, I I do think KT's better. I just don't know. I don't. Know, I guess we're gonna find out. But if KT, I also think that if KT went, uh, the, Dynamics number is not gonna move that much because they play Gen G. So like, even if they just get smashed by Gen G, I don't think that's gonna change their number on this. Whereas I think KT, if they struggle in their match, you know, could go the other way. I, you're right. I probably just like KT. At the very least, I lean KT. Josh, Chris, I'm a KT fanboy. It's, it's KT for me. Right. You're in there. Same here. I just think this line, this line fits better if it was like you mentioned, sand dynamics versus sandbox rather than dynamics versus KT. Okay. All right, uh, LEC. We have. Where did I write it? There it is. Okay, Friday. Uh, SK Gaming minus 152, Excel plus 115. Here it is, Josh. Here it is, Josh. This is it. <laughs> the battle of the boys. He's going to pick Excel. Look at him. You can see the guilt on his face. You can see it. He's going to do it. He's going to pick Excel. Look at him. What's it going to be, Josh? Oh, no. You're not going down with the ship, though. He's not going to pick. Are you passing this game? If you're betting, it's Excel. I'm not going to bet it. <laughs> It's, He's it's going down Excel, with the ship. Excel's enough of a value. Like, Excel's a definite value here in, in terms of just odds versus numbers. It's kind of like, this is like stupidly annoying juice because like, at least usually they kind of disguise it by not making one minus 150 and the other plus 115. Yeah. It's like, you know, 20 points off or something. But this one's like really annoying that's 40 points off. Yeah. Excel was, especially if Excel was like plus 135, it'd be a hammer, I think, on Excel. But yeah, I, I think, so here's what I'll say. Based on the numbers, Excel's the absolute bet here. The only problem that I would say is, like, SK pulling out, like, the Twitch Yumi that no one saw coming. Like, that's the type of things that I think keeps this team relevant that is going to be tough for a team like Excel to handle. I would agree with you there. I think it's a really, really interesting question, actually, if you make them 50-50. If you put them both at even money, then I think it's actually a really, really interesting one. I do think because the odds are going to Excel, like, you should be betting Excel – but it becomes a very interesting one if you make it even money. And I'd have to do, I think I'd have to do more research to decide whether I wanted to bet XL if it was even money. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, yeah. I, I think this is just like the, the numbers are wrong. And these teams are even. You can make an argument for either. Um, Vitality plus 165, Origin minus one, or 222. Um, so Origin been struggling lately, but I mean, we mentioned it before we, you know, earlier on, but do we want to talk about Jack Troll a little bit? Like, how cool was it to hear him as excited as he was and all the – I mean, I don't know if it's just people puffing everybody up because they're being professionals and everything, right? But it was kind of cool hearing how much respect everybody had for him, like as, a, as like a decision maker and a shot caller and like an in-game leader. And you mentioned it before we went into last week. Like, I don't think any of us really hated the move. We thought it was a little odd, right? But like yeah. – I don't think any of us are surprised that it like it worked out at least so far. Like sometimes yeah, I mean, moves just are good for people. Yeah, I think a lot of it was like the initial shock 
definitely had me thinking it was a terrible move or like the very first second that I heard it. The more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, veteran presence versus like essentially a rookie that they're playing on OG might be smarter to get a veteran presence in there. You think back to some of the successful teams that Jack Troll was on, and then you hear these other guys talk about his like part in those teams. And yeah, it makes sense that like, yeah, I still don't think he's one of the more mechanically gifted supports at all by any stretch. But if he's going to add something like that to the team and, and they were struggling with that with Destiny, then, yeah, it makes some sense. And they look good last weekend. I was really happy to see that Destiny's basically just trolling all over tri- all over Twitter along with Alfari. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Yeah. But they were just, like, massively trolling, which makes me think that Destiny's not too mad about this move, too, which also I like to see that. So. It seems like everyone's in good spirit. Like, it's, it's so weird. Usually when you see a move like this, sometimes there's, like, an initial high. Yeah. But, like, to see, like, even, like, a few days afterwards, like, them just, like, having fun on this, like, kind of makes it – it feels like they just want to win and, like, they don't care and, like, that's going to cure everything. So, I, I he looked really good last weekend. Yeah, he did. And, like, I don't know if his team just, like – you know, he's going to look really dumb when it doesn't work, but I don't know if this team just, like, needed some balls. Like, I don't know if that's the, the best way to put it, but, like, they yeah, needed some, someone cool. decisive. He's got he's got balls on him for sure. Yeah. Jack Cole. He's willing to try to make a play. Yeah, so I do, do that said, are we laying 222 with Origin here? I think that's a parlay game for me. Yeah. Like I, I don't think I put that I don't think I straight bet it, but in a parlay I think it's kind of good. It's probably going to be like a five and a half kill spread, which is right on that like weird spot for the split because there's been so many games that are close like that, but I'm probably going to play the Origin kill spread here. Or, like, split money line kill spread, something like that. Origin kill spread makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Josh? Why do you guys always do this to me? This is, I, I, I play Vitality here. So, so here, here, here's the angle. Two angles. One, Cabo's one of the few top laners that can counter carry against Alfari in the yeah. league. Actually knows how to play strong side. Two, uh, I said this last week and then got kind of crapped on, but... Nuke Ducks washed, and they're never going to ban Quirky. And I legitimately think that um, Melita is the best Quirky in EU. And maybe he might be one of the best in the world. Like, his Quirky, the games he's played at this split, has looked untouchable. Like, honestly, phenomenal. So I, I, I – this is kind of going out on a limb, like trying to predict draft and gets a little bit, you know, a little bit hairy when you do that. But at plus 165, I think I'd take that. Um, to touch on the on the Jackal thing – I think it's definitely correct that they just needed someone that is not scared to just do something. Um, I, like I said, I listened to Kaiser talking about kind of the state of the LEC earlier today. And he mentioned that specifically, actually, that he's like, he's like, Origin just as a team don't really ever do anything. So they need someone who can like, who will just go int if, if he has to, to like get something going. Like Jack Troll's the Jazuke camp of player, right? Like we've talked about, like he'll. Pachani. Ignore. Yeah, like he might imp sometimes, but he he's gonna try and make a play. He's never lose quietly. So, Hill is yeah. saying, you forgot about the fourth reason to have vitality there, which is that it's always possible that it is a Jack troll who pulls off his jersey and reveals an alternate team jersey. <laughs> oh, this is the narrative now. His we gotta name, we gotta name the we gotta name the episode something with these these teams. <laughs> I have no idea what it is. I was trying to look up these quirky, like who we played quirky against. 
in these games because I'm pretty sure he played against Galio in two of these, and that's like the freest matchup in existence. But I could be wrong. I'll look it up later. Uh, I I could see so. The thing is, I think Vitality are going to end up finishing ninth, but I do think that, like, unlike last season, that ninth place is, like, they are a competitive team that can beat you if you screw up. Like, it's not like last season where, like, like they were so much, like, the bottom two were so much worse than everybody. Like, legit one through nine, Europe's competitive. Like, these are functioning teams. So, uh, I don't hate the Vitality pick. Oh, okay, got it. Makes sense. I should have guessed a zero three times. That would have been the other guess, but um, okay. Uh, next up, we have G two minus seven fourteen against, but it's against Schalke plus four twelve. Nah. Nope. Is this number not stupid? It is stupid. These numbers should be closer. It is like, stupid. I agree with you. Yeah, like there should be a reason to bet G two in the spot. Honestly. Like, there's no way they should be minus 700 right now against anyone. Yeah. That's what's frustrating. Like, Schalke's kind of worth a bet, but it's like, you know they suck. So it's like, yeah. it's not really, but, like, the numbers would tell you, like, this is too much of a value to pass up at this point, but it's like, they're not going to win. I don't know. Piss. And that's yeah. going to be too rich to the point where, like, G2's kill spreads are going to be, like, minus 10 and a half. So it's like, why bother? Um, Misfits plus 132, Rogue minus 175. Just like straight up gut reaction to this. Give me Rogue. Yeah, that's how it feels to me too. Like, I I don't, they're going to, I don't want to say they're going to regress because they're just playing really, really well. But I do think that like, maybe this isn't entirely sustainable. But even still, like, I, I, I think Rogue are like twice as good as Misfits. I really like Rogue and I really hate Misfits, so I'm a little biased here, but like my gut was just like immediately just like Rogue, this is easy. This is like borderline pick of the week for me. Josh I will say I, I will say I'll just say like Um I, I actually think this is a much closer matchup than, than you would say. I, I was like I'm probably gonna be I would be on the side of like rogue kill spreads here. because um, I, I don't wanna wait lay minus one seventy five here at all. But I will say like in terms of matchups lane by lane, like Febvin and Kabe against Larson and Hansama is like really cool. Yeah, I, I could see it going either way, honestly. Got it. Um, Chris, thoughts on this one? Uh, like this is Larson versus Febvin, and I don't think Febvin can beat Larson uh, in that sense. Um, so it's gut reaction is rogue. They play so. Sound, lol. I know. Misfit needs to pull smoke and mirrors. Yeah, I mean, I could see them doing it. I don't think this is like lock of the century, but like, it just my gut reaction was like this should be like two fifty or something. Like, feels like it should be a bigger number. Uh, Fanatic. Oh, this is gonna be a good one. Fanatic plus one thirty two. Mad Lions minus one seventy five. As of right now, I haven't locked it in yet, but as of right now, that's my pick of the week. I think Fanatic's gonna be mad here. I just. All right, so. Even if you're like crazy bearish on on Fnatic and crazy bullish on Mad Lions, it's really hard not to take plus one thirty two with Fnatic, right? Yeah, I mean they haven't had a good season so far, really, but they are. They seem to be figuring it out a little bit, at least. They had a couple of kind of tough starts, and they showed some resilience last weekend. Mad Lions is, has evened out a little bit in the sense that like you're starting to see them struggle in some more games where they're not just like dominating people. So this should be a close game giving me plus 130-something on Fnatic. 
they seem like the kind of team that can throw a little wrench in there as well. So I don't know. I like Fnatic in this one. Yeah, I like Fnatic as well. And nothing against Mad Lions either. I just think, like, uh, these teams, they feel like, I don't want to say they're trending opposite directions, but I feel like Fnatic has done what they've done, and they're playing, like, they've played so bad relative to their expectation this season that I feel like they can't possibly be worse, really. Like, they're all, to me, to me, Fnatic are only going to get better. It's just a matter of how much better. Like, that's the question. So Yeah, I totally agree with you there. They're going to get better, and it's a matter of are they going to get, like, way better or just a little bit better. And if they, if they just get a little bit better, then that's fine. They're not going to win the league. But yeah. they could still be competitive with these teams if they get a little bit better, and that's fine with me. Yeah. So the problem is, like, support gap and mid-gap are pretty big here for Matt. Both in Matt's favor. Like, yeah. pretty heavily. We're definitely the best support in the EU right now versus maybe fifth best. And in terms of mid laners, I mean, depending on what you think about Caps' current performance, Humanoids getting argued to be, you know, one or two with, with Larson and Caps. And a lot of people are pretty, you know, bearish on Nemesis in terms of him being even like six or seven. So yeah. those gaps are pretty big in terms of, or in favor of Matt. That's why it's a little bit scary. That and then, um, Here's what I'll just say. The most important thing in this matchup is going to be Senna priority. Well, if Senna just gets banned, if not, does it get like first pick for one of the teams? Because both these teams are phenomenal with Senna. Yeah. So really interesting to see how it gets played out. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm more excited for this match than anything. I, I do think the number's a little bit too big in Fnatic's favor, but I, I would be concerned just because, like, like I said, those two positions are very integral. They're probably one and three in terms of importance right now. Uh, even one and two, like support might be more important than jungle. Yeah. I think it's all about trajectory. Like if you, if the if the teams are going to play at the exact level, like average level we've seen them play at so far this year, I think Mad's the like Mad is significantly better and you don't bet Fnatic. If you think that they're like going to follow the current trajectories that they're on, then I like betting Fnatic because I think Mad is coming down to earth a little bit and I think Fnatic is moving up a little bit and that's enough for me to go to Fnatic. But I think if you yeah, if they're playing at the levels we've seen so far, then I think that Mad is more likely to win. This should be an interesting one. It feels like there's going to be – this is one of those ones where you're going to think about it and be like, there's going to be some crazy just five-brain draft stuff going on in this one, and then it's just going to be like two two-core comps against each other. But, yeah, should be a good one. Uh, Saturday, Vitality minus 103, Excel minus 130. Excel. Yep, I'm in on XL, man. I really think XL is going to turn it around big time in the rest of the season because I think they've had a lot of close games that they're not getting enough credit for, like – they had some games, like, I think it was against Mad last time they played them, where it was, like, really close through, like, 20-something minutes. Yeah. And then, yeah, they made a mistake, and the other team outplayed them a little bit. But, like, they're staying competitive with all the best teams in the league every game. And then when they play against the bad teams, like, if I remember correctly from the last time I looked at their stats, XL is, like, has more losses than wins by a decent amount, but is positive at 15 minutes and tends to draft scaling compositions. So, like, if you're a team that's drafting for scaling and you're ahead at 15 minutes, that's just, like, the most positive sign you can get, basically. Yeah, they're plus 531 at 15. Yeah, and they're drafting, like, Kale every game. So, if you're drafting Kale every game and you're ahead at 15 minutes, like, that's that's a team I want to be on. Yeah, Patrick and Tori are a really good lane, too. So, I think, you know, just, like, in general. I don't know if the numbers necessarily support that, but, like, they have enough of a sample size that we know that they're pretty good. Um, Yeah, I... Again, like, I actually, I don't, like, I, it sounds like I hate Vitality. I don't. Like, I think Vitality are actually good, and it wouldn't surprise me to see them win this. I just think Excel's the value here, right? Josh, Chris, on to the next one. On to the next one. Misfits 
Minus 286, Shaka plus 206. Is this weird to anyone? Shaka's not, not very big of a dog. But yeah. This is like really weird to me. I don't know, it just like looks funny. Like I don't I don't like Misfits and I feel like they should like I would probably lay money with Misfits here and I don't like that team. So yeah. They do their parlay spot. I don't think I'm gonna bet them at minus two eighty six, but it's like origin uh, Misfits parlay. You can throw that into a parlay for sure. Yeah. Kill spreads are definitely live here in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. I've just been like yeah, kill spreads in Europe have been like real weird. Um G two and Rogue. It's another great match. G two minus one forty five, Rogue plus one oh nine. Dude, where how when are we gonna get value on G two, dude? They're not even having a good season. The other team's like nine and two, they're crushing everybody. When are you ever gonna just gonna give us G two at plus money because they're having a bad season? Because makes would me so mad. Dunk it if that ever happened. Yeah, feels but, like, it feels like giving the Patriots plus money, dude. Like you just can't do it. Like, no matter what you yeah. do. We should be getting plus one twenty here on G two. Yeah, and we I should agree be getting it, but we should be getting it as well. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, but yeah, like literally the book would have killed us last week, no? Yeah. Like G two was plus one twenty against Mad, like they should have been. Everyone would have emptied their entire account on it yeah. and the, the the book would have made a hell of money. Like, it doesn't matter at this point. Like they're supposed to be on like objective based modeling when they're making the line and it's just clearly not right now. Yeah. It's, it's so you know what I've learned, and I I've learned this like over the years and it's been like especially it's been especially obvious this year is that they put so much weight on the preseason evaluation. I'm talking preseason, like, pre-2020, like, going into 2020, like, not yeah. even going into summer. Like, there was so much weight on it. They're really clearly counting previous seasons, like, pretty heavily. And and we noticed that before when some of the teams that, like, had roster changes and they would still price Splice, them as if they right? didn't have any roster changes. But, yeah, they really clearly – are taking into account previous seasons and stuff. And they have, I think they probably have an ELO model that's running like multiple yeah. years. And so they're seeing G2 win the LEC four times in a row. And they're just always going to be negative against everybody pretty much. Yeah. It feels forced to take G2. Cause like, I don't ever think we're going to see even minus minus one forty five ever again, but like, this is probably a pass as shitty as that feels, right? Maybe G2 kills spreads. If you think G2 are going to win. Because it's going to be like minus two and a half. Yeah, I mean, it feels like a pass because they just made the number too too big on the G2 favorite side. If they even gave me even money, I would take G2. But, yeah, it feels like a pass. It sucks. It really sucks. Any Rogue defense? I mean, Rogue. I'm on Rogue. Like, I, I don't even like Rogue. Rogue's my misfits. for Like, Vince's misfits is me and Rogue. Like, I just think they've way overperformed. They had, like, I, I just don't think they're as good as the record says. But I don't – there's just no way I'm betting – there's no way I'm not taking plus money on Rogue right here. Yeah, they're what nine and one. Like what the hell? Yeah, right. Like, there's no way. I don't know what else we can ask that team to do either. You right. know, like they've shown yeah. a bunch of different looks too. It's not like they're just dominating with one thing. They're doing a little yeah. bit of everything. And it's like John said, G2's drafts have just been garbage. Like I honestly, the this is the big. It's the, one of the biggest memes, right? But all I want to see G2 come out and do this weekend is come out drafts as one. I swear to God that. Like, and it sounds so, like, stupid, but that's honestly what I want to see. Like, just get back to just you, – you got to just try and play some standard stuff. Totally agree, dude. Get yeah. some – get CC, get team fighting, get CC, get mid-game power, and then go yeah. fight the second dragon and just annihilate them because you're better than them. Yeah. Like, yeah. But until they do, like, I just 
again, I, I, I'm, I have, I mean, I'm getting the number one team in the league for plus one ten. Yeah. No. Like, feels wrong. It feels Not- wrong. You're right. I'm gonna be. On, I'm with you. I'm. I'm gonna be on Roger Pass here. This is gonna be a good. Damn, this is a good slate for Europe too. Because even like the the lesser teams are interesting games. Uh, Mad Lions minus three forty five. SK Gaming plus two thirty eight. Your Lord and Savior Crown Shot. Can he do it? Yeah, this number's too big to, on SK. I mean, right? I don't know what you guys think. Two thirty eight for like right now Functional, for a functioning League of Legends team. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and they've had you know pretty good drafts. Obviously, they have a win condition in the bot lane. I do think they're definitely outgunned. I mean, Kaiser and Karzi are definitely the better duo. But I will say, last week, um, what's his name? What what even is uh, limit? Limit looked good. Yeah, he looks really good last last week. I agree. Oh, uh, maybe I mean maybe Crown Toss just like turned him into a really good legend slayer or something. But yeah, I don't know. To me, it, it's plus two thirty eight is too big of a number here. I feel like there's, like, a lot of that going on where it's just like, yeah, this team's obviously good, but, like, SK are a functioning team. You should probably not let them get away with, you know, being a plus 200 dog in a best of one. The Actually, one other thing I wanted to mention here, it happened on Sunday – or on, on Saturday. I'd love to get you guys' thoughts on it too because I, I think we've talked in the past about these these players that can just draw target bans. I think we've talked about it with Viper too with his ribbon. But, like, Crowny drew a Twitch ban in the first cycle. Yeah. Like, that's pretty crazily strong to draw a, a first three man right now. Like yeah, that's, that's that's hella leverage. Yeah, yeah like if, if if people have to ban Twitch against him, I don't know what side you're on. I, I, let me, I'll look it up while you guys continue. Yeah. But pretty interesting if, if they're gonna have to ban Twitch. It feels. I can tell you, just like that's gotta feel so shitty. I who did they? So who did, did they end up playing? Aphelios, the team they were playing against when they did that. I'm trying to think of who it was. Who banned the Twitch against them? I feel like it was. Was it? It was on Friday too, wasn't it? It was no, Vitality. Was Maybe he's just been dunking on scrims with it. I don't know. Let me see. No, it wasn't Friday. It was Saturday. It was. I know. It was, it, was a, it was after the Twitch pop off game. So. Maybe yeah. maybe they just like I don't have a plan for this. It was Shalka too. So like Shalka saw them dumpster Vitality with it, and they were like, "Oh, we don't want to mess with that, especially for playing on playing." They they played. They ended up playing Ezreal. Twitch is, like, insanely good against, like, Ezreal and Aphelios because, like, if you give Twitch free lane phase, he will out-hyper-carry you. He's, like, actually a better hyper... Like, there's not very many of those that are, like, better hyper-carries than Aphelios and Ezreal. Like, they're not as versatile, but in terms of raw damage, like, raw actual damage output, if you give, like... If you give Kog'Maw, Twitch, like, Jinx, I guess you could make an argument for... There's a couple, like, hyper-carries that will, like, out-damage them, even if it's the utility's not the same. So... Maybe they were planning on playing one of those no matter what, and they just wanted to ban it, and they didn't have a plan against it, and they didn't game plan for it or anything. So I will I think, say, like, it's – but it's still, like, that's that's crazy respect still, you know? Yeah, so SK is going to be red side, so I think Mad does have to ban it. Because if they don't, they're just going to twitch Yumi, or maybe they'll just ban Yumi, but well, – We'll just take Yumi. First pick Yumi? Yeah, it feels kind of bad. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, there's something I mean, to that. I don't know. I, either way, like, the number's too big. We got off on a little bit of a tangent, but I, I do think that's pretty interesting in terms of like trying to handicap to figure out if, if you have to waste a ban on, on a Twitch or a Yumi when it's not a, a power. Yeah, and then you also have counter pick on that side too. I think we lost Josh a little bit, so I'm just going to cut in here. Um, 
And then, yeah, like they're also going to have counterpick with that leverage also. It's pretty potent. Um, next game, last one. You lagged out there for a little bit, Josh, so we just, we just kind of hopped forward. Um, Fanatic and Origin. Fanatic minus 125, Origin minus 105. Another double, banger. Double Fanatic parlay this weekend? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to be on Fanatic here. Just So Origin have been, like, breaking – Origin have been, like, not Origin. Right? They're, like, losing to bad teams, and, like, they're beating the teams that they never beat before, right? Yep. Like, that's been their season. It's, like, ass-backwards origin day, I guess. So, I th- I still think Fnatic here. And I like Origin a lot. Like, I think I like Origin more than you guys do, but I also think that Fnatic, over the years, I know it hasn't been the case this season, over the years, Fnatic and G2 have had their number. Just didn't matter how good each of them looked at any given time. Give me Fnatic. I think this is... Weirdly straightforward, although it should be an interesting an interesting game regardless. Any origin backers? Very riveting matchup of Hillisang versus Jack Troll. <laughs> yeah, actually, <laughs> that's a good point. Maybe play the overkill totals. <laughs> so uh, maybe play the under skill levels. Ooh, ooh, ooh <laughs> I would. <laughs> that was a little savage, John. The bot lane under skill levels. A little savage. Um, the only. Thing I can see why taking Origin is, is because we already talked about how Origin could never beat G2, but they swept G2 this split. Yeah. They beat Fnatic the first time around, right? They beat Mad Lions too, didn't they? Is that one of Mad Lions' losses? Uh, I don't believe so. Mad lost to G2 for one of their losses. G2. I'm trying to remember who they're on. a random team. <laughs> yeah, the other <laughs> one was a random team. Misfits. Misfits. They yeah, lost to Misfits. Misfits. You're right. I think that was the Fiddle game. Yeah, this but, should be interesting. I, I, it just feels fanatic. It's the same thing as G two. Like it feels like I can't say no to that. Like close to even money, right? But yeah. fanatic's margin for error is very, very small right now. If they want to make world, that's yeah. Um, let's blow through so, NA. Yeah. Uh, Immortals plus one seventy six EG minus two forty four. I mean, EG feels like it can go in parlays. I can't. I don't really like the minus two forty four and a best of one, so I wouldn't just straight bet it. But kill spread parlay. Yeah, kill spreads parlays. I might play Immortals kill spreads here because EG have not been winning big. So, although I I could be mixing them up with someone, I have to pull it up. I might be on Immortals kill spreads. We'll see. I gotta see what the numbers the numbers at. FlyQuest. I'm just gonna fly through these. Just chime in when you have thoughts on it. Uh, FlyQuest plus 125, Liquid minus 167. Is this a slam dunk Liquid bet? I'm going to bet Liquid for sure, yeah. Like, and I like FlyQuest, and this is Liquid for me. Yeah, I bet I FlyQuest last week. It's Liquid for me. I bet FlyQuest against TSM, but I, th- I also just, like, trust Liquid a lot more than TSM. Maybe that's a little misguided, I don't know, but... I don't think so, I'd agree with you there. Josh? But uh, Tia, I, I'm at, so I want to go back. I, I just wanted to check something, but I'm on IMT and then I'm on TL for sure. Okay, yeah, I could see IMT. Like I again, I have to read. I'm just like going off the top of my head. Like IMT, IMT kill spread jumps out to me. Plus one seventy six doesn't feel like quite enough for Immortals. I'd like to bet against EG as well, but I don't think plus one seventy six for Immortals is enough for me. Yeah, I have to pull the spreads up. Um, Hundred Thieves CLG is off the board. 100 Thieves. It's probably 100 Thieves. I don't know what the number is going to be. Minus 130. If they're, like, minus 150 or better, I think I'm going to bet 100 Thieves. I think 100 Thieves is, like, pretty underrepresented quality-wise right now. 
I do think Hundred Thieves actually look pretty good. Um, and CLZ have turned back into a pumpkin. So we talked about it, but uh, earlier, but like uh, Hundred Thieves is. Uh, strength of schedule so far has been super hard. They played the three hardest teams in the league. As yeah, they looked good in like two of those games too. They looked pretty yeah. good. So, yeah, I think they're they're being undervalued at the moment. They might be the fourth best team, right? Yeah, they're they're right it's around possible, there. Right? Um, yeah, they're a playoff team anyway. Yeah, I agree. One fifty or better is probably a play on hundred thieves for me. TSM TSM minus three or three against Dignitas plus two twelve. Oh, that one's tough. God, I hate TSM, but I... It's probably uh, just a pass. Yeah, it's a pass, I think. Maybe TSM spreads, but I don't even trust that because they've been doing all this, like... They they keep trying to do, like, side lane nonsense when they should just smash people. Like, I just don't get it, you know? Like, I guess how I feel about TSM is how you guys feel about, like, Fnatic and, and you know, Karma, Jazuke and all that, like... <laughs> Like, you just, like, have better players. Just skill check people, right? Like, am I nuts? Exactly. Like, no, besides I... speaking, like, just, just like, bulldoze your way into a win. Like, it doesn't need to be pretty, you know? Uh, just one step back. 100 Thieves is minus 135. CLG's even. Yeah, 100 Thieves then. That's, that's Yeah, I think I'd take 100 Thieves at minus 135. Okay. Um, Dignitas, Josh? No. Nah. <laughs> Golden Guardians plus one thirty two, FlyQuest minus one seventy five. Um, interesting. It feels like these two are. If you're looking at current form, this is an easy Golden Guardians bet, right? I'm betting Golden Guardians for sure. Yeah, this is. Uh, I also like Golden. We've talked about it too. Like Golden Guardians, they have that like explosive upside, but they can also play pretty standard too. They've shown a little bit of versatility that way. Like I could see them blowing a game open against FlyQuest. Yeah, um, I think FlyQuest is just done so. Yeah, I'm like I'm not there yet, but I also think this number is too big for how they look right now. So I'll probably be on Golden Guardians here. Anybody defending FlyQuest? I, I tried. I hate FlyQuest. I just think Golden Guardians has to come back to Earth at some point. Yeah, and I'm, not, like, I'm not. I'm not Golden Guardians. They have to come back to Earth from four and five. They're six. They're six and six right now. Oh, Six, yeah, six and six. Yeah, they're like one game behind FlyQuest. Like, I, I don't know. It seems like they've won too many. One, one more games than I, than I feel like they should have, given their, like, drafts and excuse. Like, they had, a, they had like, a 13-kill Lee Sin game from Poser. <laughs> this, this, also, this is, like, this is a line that feels just a little big, so I'm just going to take the value, right? Like, this yeah, should be, like, 115 or something, right? These teams are the same record, so... Yeah, I don't know. I I hate both these teams. I just probably would pass. Cloud nine minus eight thirty three. Immortals plus four sixty one. Are they going to keep it competitive again, like the last time? No. Where they kept it competitive for like seven minutes. It was more <laughs> than that. It was like fifteen minutes or whatever. And then they made one mistake in Cloud nine, got like six k off of it because that's what Cloud nine <laughs> does. <laughs> do Cloud nine and Damon? It's just like, and Invictus do this too, right? Where it's like, it's go. Like, oh, Man, this game actually looks kind of competitive, and you make one mistake, and it's just like, oh, you're down by six k out of nowhere. It's like, what the <laughs> hell happened? There's no Baron up yet. How did that happen? It's kind of nuts. Yeah, uh, Cloud Nine probably kill spreads. They're they're gonna start smashing again, I think. Uh, unless if this is more than ten, I'll probably dabble in Immortals kill spreads. 
that's what I've been doing with these like big favorites is if it's like double digit like on the dog it's pretty hard to say no and like if the total's 20 it's hard to say no to it's ten and a half like plus ten and a half right yeah exactly so dignitas minus uh, plus 250 eg minus 357 eg this is too big right even if you hate dignitas this number is too big yeah it doesn't seem bettable anyway does uh so here's my question i actually don't know how to think about this because like um, if Viper plays, like him and Hooney have, we've, we've talked about before, they kind of have a similar play style where they'll either stomp or be stomped. Yeah. How do, like, does that make you want to bet them more if Viper plays or less if Viper plays? Uh, more if Viper plays because they're the underdog. So it's an extra line, extra line of victory for them. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the, that's the way to look at it. Like, he can steal the game. I don't even think that game, like, that he popped off in, like, had anything to do with him, but it was kind of cool to watch anyway. So, he was actually yeah. kind of getting dunked on it. We talked about that. He was just getting shit on in lane by Orin, too. It was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Let's, let, let's not talk about Mr. 12.5 CSD at 15 over here, okay? On, on his, you know, 15,000 game one trick or whatever it is. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm fine with Viper being out of the league now. Now that... <laughs> you had enough... Uh, just now that now that everyone has seen it after last weekend when they screwed up that that graphic and they had to admit that that they screwed up the graphic, a lot of people came out to defend Viper, and that's all I ever wanted. Just for people to realize that he was getting treated unfairly on the broadcast. Yeah, he's been bad this season. I'm I'm fine with them going back to Lorlo. Uh, now that especially now that some awareness has been raised over the unfair treatment. Yeah, that's definitely a topic for another time. Is to just yeah. talk about like just mischaracterized players and teams and stuff like that so i think that'd be that'd be kind of an interesting off-season topic right i'd love to do that yeah um liquid cloud nine this should be a banger i'm gonna i'm probably gonna be on dignitas there by the way yeah i think it's, it's reasonable at least it should be like close i think that's gonna be like one of those like closer than people think kind of games um liquid plus 177 cloud nine minus 244 uh so cloud nine has shown that they're mortal it's just so hard to bet against this team ever. Cloud9 kill spreads here are going to be the best we'll ever see until Worlds. Uh, like I think they're all going to be hammers. So here's, here's the problem with Team Liquid. Like I said, like they're the typical NA team, and they just can't counter proactivity. Yeah. Like Brock's just going to get three buffed and then die six times in his own zone. <laughs> like I don't just, know if it's that extreme, but I'm with you. It's, it's not that extreme, but it, it, he makes me so mad because he went from being a fairly aggressive, like I'm going to gank either Whippo or Reckless every time after I finish one side of camps, to now he literally – he had, like, 1K kill participation. He didn't – I think he didn't have anything in, until, like, the 25th minute or something. Like, we were all talking yeah, – He was 0-0-0 zero, zero, zero at, like, 27 minutes. He, he's like, just a power farmer now. To, to be fair, you can kind of do that on Graves, and they were in a situation – I'm, I'm going to go to bat for him in this, in this specific oh, situation. I agree, I agree, yeah. In this situation – the way you evaluate that game is like if you're playing a control deck in Magic, where it's like, okay, I've won this game. I don't need to do anything besides like not lose it now. Like if I just keep I farming, agree. this game's over. Like that that game was essentially over. But yeah. in general, I agree with your take that he's been kind of just morphed from Ning into like Kanavi, into Smithy or he's, Smithy. Yeah, he's, like he's Smithy but more expensive. Yeah, I don't want to say Kanavi because Kanavi is just like a savagely sim player, but you know. He's just like I, or Piosic. Piosic's a vegetarian jungler. Like call him. It wasn't. It wasn't that it was. It wasn't that it was wrong for him to power farm that game. It's that 
that was just now like everyone sees it. Yeah, that's a microcosm. With ten more, and like he's been doing that on Lee Sin, and like people haven't necessarily like taken as much notice because he's maybe had two or three assists. Yeah, or they win. Winning yeah. cancels everything, right? Except, yeah, when Fana- except when Fnatic barely win, then everybody gets on their case. Why, how we yeah. how we get on Liquid for when they barely win, right? I think it's fair to criticize them for that. When we have we have we've mentioned it, like they haven't exactly been perfect, but I do think Brox has been really mediocre since coming over here, and it makes yeah. me really sad because I was so excited to see him in the LCS. Is and this then another Jazuke thing? Is I, this just coaching? Like they just are not. It's 100% North American yeah. coaching and strategizing. Every good player that comes over here pretty much, outside of Cloud9, who I have so much respect for their coaching because their coaching is clearly miles above everybody else. Reaper is a god, dude. Yeah, way above everybody. Like, seriously, Reaper's a god. I'm actually going to go to – not necessarily go to bat for NA coaching, but I will say I actually think that the reason Brock's a left fanatic is because he didn't like playing that way. Because if you watch Brock's in the solo queue, he plays this way. Like – I legitimately think this is his natural play style to, to play like a power farmer, just not – he doesn't like to gank. He gets – and if you watch even last split, he gets so lost if any of his laners ever die. Like the solo – like that's the reason he didn't – I don't think he liked Fnatic because like if Whippo got solo killed, his brain doesn't understand how life works. And like, <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah. What you're saying. But last split when Impact was just hard feeding – he, you can see, like, Broxa just didn't know what to do, so he just keeps going around and around in a circle yeah. and farming Like that is, that is what you're supposed to do a lot of the time, but you're right. Like, yeah. he does look like he's like, all right, I guess I'm just going to do this now because I don't know what else to do. But it's isn't it kind of wild to think, like, I agree with you. Like, I, I think this is, like, a good angle. Like, I think it makes a lot of sense. But it also kind of speaks to, like, just how good he could be that, like, look how insane he looked in that situation. He looks like one of the best junglers in the world in an uncomfortable situation. So, like, maybe they just need to make him uncomfortable. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm still going to bet Liquid. Fuck it. Really? I know. Well, so, I'm on him. I have Liquid to win the regular season futures. Look. So, look. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and fade my futures that way. Like, they're, like, one and two in their last three games or whatever. Like, the oh, here we go. Here we finished. go. They're out. They're done. My night. I will say Liquid has surpassed C9 in the what is showing up in my model as the most important metric. So yeah, I, I just think a plus 177 is actually good enough value to try. Yeah, out they're with. a good team. They're second best team. What all what we've what we've seen from this Cloud Nine like couple games that they've lost is that if they don't run you over, then they're mortal. Yeah. They've been running everybody over, and if you can just be if you can just hold out for a minute and not get run over then they're, they're just another team. And so it, I think Team Liquid's capable of not getting run over. They probably will, but they're they're definitely capable of not getting run over. Cloud9, and you guys might not like this comp, but Cloud9 feel an awful lot like Victory 5 to me. Except this region can't keep up with that. And they all yeah, can. Reasonable. That's a reasonable right. comp. I think, they're, I think they've shown like a little bit better problem solving because they've been in some weirder situations. Victory five just kind of hasn't been in those situations enough to like really know like cloud nine have gotten themselves out of some really weird spots like that. They had no business. Like they, they're playing a comp that gets outscaled. They get outscaled and they like find a way to win it anyway. Like they'll just like win a team fight. Like not even like a mistake. Like they just like find a way to win a team fight or something. Right. Yeah. Like we haven't really seen that. We've seen a little bit of that from victory five. We've seen more of that from cloud nine. So like, but it, like overall, they comp a lot to that. Where like I think 
if people figure out a way to just like stymie them early. Like they don't need to like win hard early. They just need to like that's how FlyQuest took games off them last split. And EG too is like that's how they won those games, right? Yeah, it's just, about, it's just about stopping them in the in the super early game because a lot of times their drafts need to get ahead in the early game. Yeah. And you're right that they've won some games where they got outscaled and they miracled the team fight. Yeah, and that's, won not, that's not like a reliable thing that you want to run Exactly. Out, like... That's not something they're going to be able to repeat over and over and over again. Yeah. So if you can just stop from getting run over, a lot of times their comps are very susceptible later. Susceptible. This, should be, this should be an interesting one. Um, unlike the next one, which... Although, I don't know. The first one of these was, was an awesome game. It was a really fun <laughs> game to watch. So we have CLG plus 164 against TSM minus 222. I was on CLG the first time, but... I'm going to bet TSM, I think. Yeah, I'm on TSM. Minus right, 222. Even, that's a big number, but I think I'm still going to bet it. Yeah, I think... CL, what what the hell is going on with this top lane situation with them? We didn't talk about that, but... Yeah, I'm going to be on TSM. We'll ask Josh about this when he gets back. How about 100 Thieves plus 102 against Golden Guardians minus 135? 100 Thieves, right? Yeah, I think I'm on 100 Thieves here. After hyping up Golden Guardians in their last matchup against FlyQuest, I think I'm on 100 Thieves. Yeah, but like... So, you like Golden Guardians, right? I do I like Golden. I don't particularly like either of these teams, but I do think this is like four. This is like four and five. Or I think no, I think this is like four and six. Hundred Thieves is one of my like more underrated teams in the league. So I, I think, yeah, I, I think Hundred Thieves is like four or five. I think they're I, not getting enough respect here. And someday versus Hanser is a blowout for Hundred Thieves as well. So yeah, I also like. I mean, consider this. Like, I'm not. I, I've been basically like hating on Hundred Thieves like all year long, and like they've impressed me in the last couple weeks. They look really good. So I was hating I was hating directly at Medios and he's gone now, so <laughs> <don't> have, <laughs> that's fair. That's I fair. don't have to hate anymore. Josh, what do you think uh the, the rematch of CLG TSM? Is it gonna be a banger like the first one or is TSM just gonna obliterate them? Uh yeah, it feels like TSM's in, I we talked you guys both I don't know if you mentioned it, but the trajectories are a little bit awkward opposite right now, um, in my opinion, and I think TSM just smashed this. Sticks ain't made me really mad on that Aphelios game. He he made a fellow balance. Oh. I've never oh. made the champion look more balanced than he did. And I've never been so mad, dude. Damn. I was on Twitter about that game, dude. It's we we broke we broke that game down so hard. <laughs> like everybody was like dissecting <laughs> the team fight replays and all that stuff. It was just did like zero damage over the course of like fifteen yeah. minutes on Aphelios, like in the mid to late game. Yeah, even so, even if you like. I'm going to go ahead and give him a pass for that late game fight because, like, that was just kind of a little fluky, like, how that panned out. But, like, he didn't do any – he didn't even try to do anything. Like, maybe he was too squishy because he didn't have Death Stance. I'm not going to go did. He did at the very end when they were in the base. He yeah. did the, like, flash forward, pull out the shock rooms and try and go 200 years on him. But it was, like, too late, right? Like I feel like that was the spot to do it. He just didn't yeah. want to because he didn't have Death Stance yet because he only had two items, so – uh, of note, by the way, um, Aphelios indir- so Aphelios is getting nerfed this patch, uh, and specifically the interactions with Hurricane, which I think are going to maybe push him into being a three-item carry and not a two-item carry anymore, which might be enough, considering like you don't get to three items because there's four dragons already a lot of the time. So that might push him back to just like a champion. Yeah, the nerfs are pretty big. He's like obviously the champion's powerful because of his like versatility, but I, I think that might be enough to push him out of like perma pick status. Like he's just gonna be like situational now. I think. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe the hurricane nerfs aren't enough, and people still just build hurricane on him. It's still good. I have no idea, but it looks pretty substantial to me. So I guess we'll find out next week. 
Uh, and then we so we were doing 100 Thieves Golden Guardians. So this is 100 Thieves plus money, right? That's what yeah, I think. Yeah. So, so here's what I'll say. Like, I do think it's 100 Thieves, but what do you guys say? Like, to me, it's like Golden Guardians is actually probably just the better version of 100 Thieves. In know. a lot of ways. Like, Closer's better than Contracts. Demonte's better than Rioma. Uh, FBI versus Cody. I hate Cody Sun personally, but that's probably pretty much a wash bot lane. It's just someday Haunter. Favorite of 100 Thieves, but so it's not like the thing with Haunter is he never really hard loses. Yeah. So I don't know that that's the tough part, but I I think you in a lot of these cases you probably just take 100 the plus money team. It's just like plus 102 is like yeah, it's basically even money. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. I would see. I'd probably yeah. Like I'd probably be taking Gold Guardians if they were plus money here. Maybe not. I like Hundred Thieves a little bit more. Hundred Thieves have really impressed me because their games against the good teams have been like they they look good. Just recent form since Medios has been gone, they've just looked a lot better. I think. Yeah. I think their teamwork is a lot better than Golden Guardians. I think Golden Guardians is more individually talented, but. Yeah, I could see it. yeah, give me 100 Thieves there. Um, pick, pick of the week. week. Um, so pick of the week last week, we had uh, I had Invictus minus 169 against RNG. That hit, um, even though they lost a the game. But that definitely hit. Uh, John, you had Origin minus 128 over Misfits. That also connected. Chris missed on FPX against JDG. I didn't hate that pick. I thought it was fine. I, I feel it. like Chris has been like picking the value dog every week and just getting just crucified for it. But I've liked almost every single one of his picks. So yeah, look, we didn't get called out. We got called out by Foo Honky on Twitter. That uh, he said he said uh, I'm old enough to remember when they actually took underdogs on pick of the week in the Gold Guard podcast. Chris, <laughs> said, so let's 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 clear the air on that. Let's clear the air on that. Chris has taken one one minus money pick the entire season. Yeah, what about what about the rest of us though? We're on we're all on we're all on favorites last week. That that was where he commented on it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I mean, back to the dog. I'm back to the dogs here. Let's give him a dog pick. Yeah, well, my been... team my team was even odds. Okay, they yeah. were minus one fifteen. Yeah. So yeah, Josh had SK minus one fifteen against Vitality. We got that out of the way. First game on Friday, starting the weekend off, weekend off good. So. That moves us up to forty four and forty as a cast plus ten point four five units. Uh, I'm plus 6.62, John's plus 2.1, Chris down 7.43, and Calvin plus 6.48, and Josh is up plus 2.68 after kind of a rough start, but uh, you know, piecing, piecing a little something-something together there. Oh, we really turned ever, it since, ever since I retired from the East, my record's gotten better. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> weird. Coincidence, right? Uh, so pick of the week this week. You guys already wrote yours down. Yeah, but I'm taking Fnatic plus 132 against Mad Lions. Took mine. Pure, a pure gut. It's a gut pick. I like the gut handicap, man. I'm, yeah, I'm getting it done. Uh, Chris took 100 Thieves plus 102 against Golden Guardians, which we just talked about. I like it. Uh, I like that as well. Uh, Josh, you got one lined up? I'm still kind of browsing. Dude. So, like, there's not any Western love. Uh, I think my favorite Western line is probably CLG versus 100 Thieves, just even money CLG, uh, just because mid-gap. But I think I'm going to just hate myself and go back to what made me hate everything. No, I can't do it. Do I do it or not do it? Someone's got to – I don't know. you got to do it, dude. you got to do it. You're going to take a this, aren't you? Yeah, against you. Yeah. Like, oh, I think I have to. So here's – oh, man. God, just – 
what, when I lose this John Fuhonky, this is literally your fault. <laughs> it's literally on you. Okay. But it's, yeah, Invictus Moneyline plus 177 against top. Give me it. Give me all of it. Power of friendship. Jackie loves sprinting under the top turret and flashing the IG. Damn, you guys both, you guys both took mine. I'm like, oh, oh you want that one? I'll take a safer one if you want that one. I do kind of want that one. Okay, my ROI in both DFS and betting when Invictus is an underdog this season is astronomical. Oh. <laughs> Ian J was pointing it out in the Discord, but it's like I slammed hard both times that IG was underdogs this season and got got it right both times. It's been like my biggest ROI uh, success. Yeah, season. the the everything's come full circle after two years. <laughs> after two years of them decimating my bankroll, I've actually been pretty good on them this year too. Um, July, if you want that one, I do have a, a nice secondary one. I like so. No, you should take that because I that would put me on Invictus okay. two weeks in a row. Bet. Um. Yeah, this is. Those were the ones I liked them. I kind of like Excel against Vitality. I like that one quite a bit. I like that a lot. Oh no, I like Excel against SK. Oh jeez. <laughs> I know. Your like hopes it. and dreams will be ruined when Crown Shot just won. Do I go against? So Josh is undefeated in the first game on Friday. It's perfect record. Do I go against the trend? I kind of like Excel plus one fifteen. I like Excel, I like Excel in both spots this weekend. Yeah. Which means if I pick one, it's gonna be if I which means if I'm gonna pick one, it's gonna be the other way around. Ooh, that's tempting. That's a little greedy though. I've been playing it pretty close to the vest. I will go. I'm gonna go a little out of left field here. I'm gonna go Sooning against Victory Five. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, this numbers feels a little big to me. I think Sooning plus one fifty nine. That's a little spicy. That's that's actually quite spicy. Like just thinking about it, but I, 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 kind I of dig it. it. I like both Excel lines too. I think that those imagine are... imagine betting against PP God could not be me. I know. I know it's crazy. Dude. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, imagine imagine confidently taking against me. Anyway, what is the LPL has been just an adventure. I, I shit talk that league so much, but it seriously is just like insanely entertaining, right? Oh, like it's, it's by far the best league to watch. It is far. like you want to talk about like the actual roller coaster. That league is the roller coaster. That like I love that the thing. LAC too, but... Yeah, the LEC's been outstanding too, but like the LPL is just like an emotional roller coaster. Like no, it feels like just when things are beginning to make any sense, someone just throws it all on the shitter. Like it's like fifty-two card pickup. You finally pick up all the cards, and they're just like, "Hey, look! Oh, thanks for helping me out." And they just do it again. You're like, "Okay." Here we go. I'll say if you're a better, like if you're somebody that's following along with this and you're having a decent season so far, there's completely reasonable to fade the whole rest of the season in LPL. Yeah. This is the this is the time of the season in the LPL when just wild shit just starts happening. Yeah, like every slate's just like top esports losing to DMO, and you're just like, what the hell is yep. happening? So this it's completely reasonable to fade the rest of the season. Yeah, here. we should. Yeah, that's a good point. We should. That's the disclaimer because like I so I literally John I have a, a literal reminder in my phone. <laughs> it's it's literally I have I have it, a calendar thing in my phone that says on July thirtieth at midnight. <laughs> Stop playing. It's it's like the LPL gets. It literally just says the LPL gets weird now. Like that's yeah. the, it's just a, it's just a note that pops up on that timer. It says too. the LPL gets weird now, and that's it. Oh. And you're right. It happens every season without fail. 
Huh, interesting. You guys are finally waking up to the the, the, the beast that is the LPL. Uh, dude. I'm trying to tell you for months. This dude. league is so painful. This league is insane. It, nothing <laughs> makes sense. I guess that's what happens when you throw, like, 17 fighters into the ring and they all, like, you have a Muay Thai guy and a Judo guy and a, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, oh, this is like the, the you know, if we had to do, like, a round robin of, like, all the different styles and stuff, it'd be like... Oh, this uh, it looks like Taekwondo had the edge this time around. Like, I don't, like, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> um, all right, I think that's going to be it for us this week. Uh, we ran really, really long. But uh, now that we have those playoff pictures and you guys have some context for uh, where we are approaching things from, I'm sure this will be all thrown out the window next week, and we can talk about it again yeah, next week. We'll but, recap it all next week anyway. So. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, uh, everybody good luck this weekend and enjoy. It should be you got some really good games this weekend, so definitely enjoy yourself. We'll see you guys next time. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode. Oh.